podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's Andy Campbell! It's in! Campbell comes off the bench to be a hero! A superhero! Breakthrough! It's taken a while, but it's been worth the wait for Cardiff City! Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 92. The show is live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, your home to many great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, click that bell to get notifications every time we upload or go live. And uh, you can get the audio version at all the usual podcast and radio platforms. And if you want to streamline the experience, then uh, follow at AC Footy Show on uh, all your social media platforms. And uh, just as we do wait for the, the live chat to fill up on the uh, on the various platforms, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as usual for their uh, their support around the show. They're a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. Uh, for more information about what they do, you can visit their social media pages and, of course, their website. And uh, today's sponsor, as usual, and uh, very proud to partner up with them is Bespoke Financial. They're, uh, they specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages and sports cover. And uh, Dan Ralston of Bespoke Financial is currently giving away a free will with £140 with any new policy which is uh, taken out. So uh, please check him out, give him a call and uh, don't miss out on this amazing offer. He's been looking after Andy with various policies over the years and um, I think it includes critical illness and the injury cover. They are the top of their field award-winning service and uh, as i said before we are really proud to partner with a with a brand on their level and um we we, you know, we just wouldn't partner with anyone and uh, a big shout out to them and a big thank you and i urge everybody to uh, to check out what they're doing check out the services that uh, they provide but uh, with no further ado Joining me as ever is the goal collector himself the the fox in the box the speed demon King of the over forties, whatever you want to call him, really, the uh, the the legend of the Millennium Stadium it is David Jones's favourite son, ex Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, Mr. Andy Campbell. Welcome, buddy. Good evening, mate. How are we doing? All right, mate. It's Monday. Um, isn't it? Yeah, this is perfect. This is this one's um, this one's personal. This one this one is really exciting for me personally because it's um, I nearly said ex there, but this is a friend, current friend. <laughs> um, was an ex-friend at one point, but I'll go through that later on. Uh, did fall Ooh. out with him probably for about an hour, um, <laughs> and then realised that, uh, that that friendship is uh, is is bigger than that. Um, ex-teammate, uh, we had a little bit we had a little bit of fun together as well along the way. So it was um, you've got a few yeah. stories to tell. So it'll be uh, it'll be really good, interesting. Indeed. So tonight's guest is former Sunderland legend, also played for England and Twenty Ones, York City, Bradford City, and of course the mighty Cardiff City, um, among many other clubs it is mr darren williams back for a second night in a row on the ace podcast nation welcome darren how are you mate i'm good thank you i'm obviously pleased to be on the show obviously i've, I've you know i've seen seen your broadcast go out before and you know it's been some of that obviously i've you know what been wanting to get on but you know time time's been restricted um with what i do uh, but i'm pleased to be on the show now 
Hey, Jazz, right. this, will be, this will be the second time I've said this in a week, because I said it last Monday, that I always get what I want in the end, so I don't know. You know what I mean? That's yeah. been on my hit list, and uh, I got there in the end. I always hit I always me to do it. I always hit yeah. me to do it. It takes me a little bit of time, but... Um, good things always come to those away, I believe. But, uh, but no, this is uh, this is going to be this is going to be really good, uh, really laid back. As I said, we're we're doing a bit of work together as well. Me and Darren at Black Diamond Sports uh, with obviously Martin and uh, and the guys. And it's you know what I mean. It's always easy side, isn't it? When you when you have a personal relationship with people and it's dead natural and it's you know what I mean. Loads of fun and. Uh, no, it's really a nice excited. conversation, mate. It's yeah. going to be good stuff. It's going to be, a blast. It's going to be good stuff. So, uh, with that said, we'll we'll we'll, we'll say it's going to be good stuff, over nice and friendly and relaxed. Maybe uh, Darren won't feel like that after he gets the magnificent seven. We never know. Um, <laughs> like like to drop a couple of grenades in there now and again. Yeah. Um, but I was I was very very nice to Leo Fortune West last week with these. I was. Uh, I thought the, the, I just just for a second there, I thought you were going to throw him under the bus because a few of these. <laughs> A few of these are my doing, I think, aren't they? Indeed, yeah, they are. <laughs> all of them, all of them. All the, all the easy ones are from me. But uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Okay, Darren Williams, the Magnificent Seven. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Favourite TV show? Favourite what TV show? Yeah. Oh, Friends, Friends. Oof, like that. That's so different uh, again. We haven't had that one. No, that's another new one. Uh, playing or coaching stroke managing? Oh, playing all day long. Angriest teammate with an example. Oh, um, angriest teammate, uh, Lionel Perez, uh, when he, he, <laughs> he, he grabbed uh, David James by the throat and pinned him up against the wall in the tunnel. So, yeah, very angry, a very angry teammate. <laughs> Was that before or after? That was uh, actually during, mate. It was about half time, and then it all kicked <laughs> off in the tunnel. And, yeah, Kev Ball got involved as well, so it was just carnage. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? He, 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 he scared me. Like, he scared me with the goalkeeper. Any, any goalkeeper wears short sleeve shirts is just uh, yeah. lunatic. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely I'll, I'll crazy, leave, mate. I'll leave that one there. I'll leave that one there. <laughs> uh, Middlesbrough or Sunderland? Horrible question. Oh. That's horrible. That's horrible. Laugh. Got, Who put that really? <laughs> I've got to go Sunderland because I spent so much time there. Oof. Uh, Ricky Spragbier or Peter Reed? Oh, that's horrible. Oh, that is brutal. Oh, um, but, oh, that's, I'll, give, I'll, give you, I'll give you a second to decide. But what a question, by the way, because what we're going to talk about in, um, in a couple of minutes' time is, is the influence that both of them guys had on your career. And I know both yeah. of them had equal, if yeah. not uh, amazing impact. But it's a, it's, it's a yeah. question I'm going to make your answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I support. I mean, obviously, I got the opportunity, obviously, through Ricky. But I think, obviously, Peter Reid was kind of obviously had the final say. So I think, you know, he gave me the chance to play for Sunderland and, and reach yeah, the levels yeah. at a rate, really. So, and uh, I, do you know what? I'm going to break my own rules and I'm going to add a supplementary question. It's going to be the magnificent eight because I just genuinely interested in the answer to this. Who do you think would win out of Peter Reid and Graham Sooners? Graham Sooners. What, in a fight, Ooh, yeah, in a right. fight, in a in a fight, in a in a friendly charity football match in the centre of midfield. Ooh, Who's that's harder? A good question. That's a good question. But I've seen, I've seen I've seen the Sunderland documentary side. So I don't know if you've seen that. Obviously, does I've seen it. bits of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'll be honest, I've seen a few kickoffs in the changing room, but nothing, nothing like that. Yeah, I mean, really, really was brutal. Like to be fair. Um, mm. 
So I'd probably side with Peter Reid, to be quite honest. Oof. Yeah, only because he's, he's probably scared of him, so let's be honest. I'm yeah. not scared of him. If you can manage if you can manage some of the characters that he's managed, and I'm not on about Daz at the minute, I'm on about the Kevin Balls of this world, the Lionel Perez is, you know what I mean? The characters and the yeah. influences at that time uh, on that kind of level. Um, at that kind of at that kind of a football club, by the way, because that was a football club which was growing in the right direction at the time, is was just phenomenal, really. Spot on, mate. And then the, the fi- final official question is uh, nice and easy: the greatest Englishman who's ever lived doesn't have to be football related. Oh, greatest Englishman that's ever lived. That is a good question. It's a good question. Um, I love it. I love it. Do you know what? I think he could. I, I think he could have been. I mean, I'm going to going to side with obviously football, but. I think he should have been and could have been even better than what he was, but obviously I'll go for Paul Gascoigne. I oh, just I like think, that. obviously, you know, he, he was a fantastic player, but, you know, in all honesty, probably, you know, even if you look back at himself, you know, that he could have done things differently and been even better than what he was. So do you think, Daz, then, if, if cause obviously, I know you obviously you were on the show last night about mental health and things, and, and obviously Gaza fits in that mould in every level, I think, and addiction and things, yeah. that if, if he didn't have the problems that he had... How much of a, um, an influence could he have been on other people's football? Could he have been a manager? Could he have been a coach? Could he be something that, that he's not now in within football? I think, I think he could be. Yeah, I think he, he personally himself, if he, if he'd gone down the right route, I think he could have. You know, he, he could have been a manager. You know, he, he'd have been part of some some team in some way, shape, or form. He could have been part of, part of the England setup. You know, because obviously he he was that well thought of, and he you know he's such a fantastic player that. You know, unfortunately, you know, he ended up going down the down the wrong route in in certain departments, and you know, probably hinders his career in in more ways than one. No, I, to- I totally agree because I think obviously I was lucky enough to play with Paul, and I seen him. At, I wouldn't say I was seen him at his best because I think his best was, yeah, um, obviously Tottenham was his best, and uh, Newcastle, and then um, Rangers was was phenomenal. Um, but when he came to Middlesbrough, he was still unbelievable, and he still had all the talent, and yeah. he still had the attitude. He still wanted to play, wanted to improve people, but then all of a sudden. The, the the issues off the field were coming coming to a head, and it was such a yeah. shame because you've just said there he's a world class talent. He was such a character, and um, totally. I, I just wish that things things had changed a little bit differently for the for the better, especially with his life. Yeah, never exactly. mind his football. No, exactly. Yeah, totally. Indeed, I um, I can't. We mentioned Ricky Spragbier in those ch- uh, questions there, and I am genuinely interested because. Um, a lot of my uh, friends are like diehard United fans. Few of them from actually from Manchester as well. Funnily enough, but um, they say that uh, Ricky Spragbier and Carlos Quires were a massive reason why Fergie was able to continue his success into the latter years, like that period where I think when they were there, they had like a little bit of a wobble under Fergie. And then he, that, he started bringing in kind of top coaches underneath him. And um, I just wondered what your opinion is just of Ricky Spragbier as a coach because, you know, I think he's got a reputation as being one of the best in the business. Ricky Ricky was fantastic. I mean, he was absolutely brutal as a youth team coach. He was awful to, to me especially. But he'd he done, he done that for a reason. You know, he kept, he kept me grounded really more than anything. Um, you know, anything that wasn't done... On a, obviously, you know, you do your jobs after. I mean, it, it's not so much now because obviously times have changed. But you know, Andy will tell you. You know, we used to do jobs. You used to scrub the dressing rooms, the toilets. You know, scrub the showers. You know, and if any little bit was wasn't done, it, it you know it was down to me. So you know, he used to come and find me, and obviously, literally have a go at me. 
Um, and then I got the opportunity to play, um, obviously, for the first team. And it, was, it was Boxing Day. Um, so I've, I've got on in this, I've got on the game. You know, we won convincingly. It's been, a, you know, a fantastic day for me. So I'm sat there and, I, you know, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm starting to take my kit off in the dressing room. And Ricky, Ricky walks in and he says, he went, Daz, what are you doing? I says, oh, I'm just going to go and get a shower, Rick. He went, no, no, you've got, you've got, um, you've got jobs to do. I went, Rick, I've just come on for the first team. Like, I just want to have a shower. And then I said, I'll come down and do the jobs in a minute. He went, no. He went, stick your gear back on now. He said, get your ass down there now. So anyway, so I'm going down to the away dressing room. And what I didn't know is one of the, one of the away team players had had, a, had, had, a, had a massive turd in the shower on the floor. <laughs> and literally, Ricky had seen it, but he'd come down to get me to go, to go and pick it up. That's so grounding at its finest, that. Oh, grounding yeah. at its finest. Great, honestly, it was minging. It was disgusting. And Ricky went, there you go. He said, go and clean the showers. And I opened the door. And as I opened the door, I was like, what, what the hell is that? The smell. <laughs> and it was just sat there in the middle of the floor. And he made me go and clean it up. But, yeah, kept, uh, kept your feet on the ground, kept, that did. Kept yeah, your feet on so, the ground. Uh, Jesus. 100%. And, and to be fair, um, Andy, will, Andy will, tell, will tell you, obviously, Neil, Neil told him this. We went to Barnsley as a youth team. And we got absolutely hammered. I think it was about 5 or 6-1. And we got back on the minibus and we're thinking we're heading back to York to go and get on the train to go home. Ricky opened up the ground and he made us do a 12-minute run around the pitch. You know, we just had a, we just had 90 minutes and we'd been absolute, we just chased the ball for about 90 minutes. And then he, Ricky wasn't even happy with that. He wanted us to do another 12 minutes around the pitch. <laughs> and then he, then he said, oh, you, Old can, school. you can get on, but you've got to be yeah. back in for something. You've got to be back in for Sunday lunchtime. <laughs> it was just absolutely pointless. Oh, Could do with a few more managers like that now, I think. I know. But, yeah, totally. But, Jazz, on, 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 that, on that note then, um, what about, um, any, has anybody ever said anything um, negative about Ricky? Because anyone I spoke to about uh, from New York, from United, from everywhere else he's coached, you know what I mean, through the FA, nobody's yeah. ever got a bad word to say about him. No, this is the thing, and nobody hasn't, you know, no matter what how he, he treats you as a... Um, as a youth team player, you know, at the time, it it was irrelevant because he, he was he was fantastic at what he did. Um, the only the only thing I've ever heard, and and this was this was kind of from from a good source at Sunderland, is that when he when he was part of the Sunderland obviously uh, management, um, he, he left the dressing room one day virtually in tears because he just he couldn't grasp the lack of respect that some of the players had in the dressing room at the time. Um, and well, I think that's, that him. was his. his to, just towards staff in general, mate, and just towards their attitudes towards the game type of thing. Um, and, it, you know, he, he, he felt so, obviously, you know how passionate he was about football, and he just felt that yeah, yeah. no matter what he did there, um, those players were would, would just gone. They, they, they kind of like lost, you know, they, they they kind of like lost the love of football in a sense, but not through Ricky, just for the fact that they, they were just getting probably paid an absolute fortune and just didn't really care. But that's so disappointing, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because you just talked there about grounding. You know what I mean? And obviously, that's something that I want to yeah. talk about. You know what I mean? That um, that obviously we were brought up in the in the, in the same era. You know what I mean? We were brought up in the same yeah. area. Um, obviously, you um, you got an opportunity in York City. I went to Middlesbrough, but getting paid um, thirty-two pound fifty or thirty-seven pound fifty. You know what I mean? Is yeah. Is is something in itself that that keeps you grounded? You know what I mean. And then doing yeah. jobs like you just mentioned, and you know yeah. what I mean. And that's that's going in first thing in the morning. Obviously, you lived in digs. Um, and obviously, I want yeah. you to tell people about that. So your da- your daily day is basically wake up in a in a room shared with somebody else. I'm guessing um, going to training, yeah. staying there all day, going back, and someone else cooking your meals for you. You know what I mean? Tell yeah, everybody what totally. it was like and what your, what your day was like. 
I mean, it, like I say, you know, th- th- like we've said, times have changed. And, but, you know, the daily routine was obviously, you know, you'd wake up in a bedroom with, you know, three or four other players. You know, obviously, obviously one was one was your, your brother, Neil, uh, Neil don't get me wrong, we had some fantastic, fantastic <laughs> times and some great laughs. Do you know what I mean? But it was just, you know, you'd wake up, you'd have your breakfast, you know, you'd head into the ground, you'd make sure all the kit was out for the first team. Um, you know, you'd then obviously make sure all the boots were polished up and they're all ready for training. You'd take the, the two sets of boots down, you know, you didn't know which which boots you, you know, your your first team player wanted, you know, so obviously you would carry them down. Um, we would then head off to training with all the gear. You know, that would all be set out ready for the for the lads to train. You know, at at times, sometimes we, you know, Ricky wouldn't even let us get in the minibus. We had to run to the training ground, you know, which was, you know, maybe it's two, three mile, you know. So you, you're doing two or three mile to the training ground before you even start training. Um, then you're heading back, you know, you, your first team players are obviously getting changed and showered and you're, you're running around picking all that kit up, ready to take it into the wash, you know. And then after that, you know, you're allowed your dinner. Um, and then if you weren't training on the afternoon, we'd be basically scrubbing corridors and scrubbing dressing rooms and, Polishing boots and you know cleaning toilets, washing kit, drying kit, folding kit up. You know it was just constant. And then you know, and then if, if you're looking, enough, you'd be, if you're looking, if you're playing the reserves on the night as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know what I mean. And, and, and to be fair, to be fair, you were desperate to get in the reserves because you got off slightly earlier. Um, yeah. You know, you were able to go back and have something to eat. Um, so yeah, so it was, you know, it was just absolutely mental. I mean, and then if you weren't in the you weren't in the reserves or the first team, you sat around the ground. And basically, next to um, York City's ground, on the other side, there used to be a, a TA centre. Um, and I remember one time when I was over the far side, and you had you had ball duty if it went over the stands, and there was a little hatch in the in the in the wall. So basically, you had to unlock this hatch, and you had to go climb through and get the get the ball. But on the other side was a TA centre. So basically, I went to stick my head through, and this this lad had a pretend rifle on the other side, and I just went, "Oh!" Like, and he went, I said, can I, the, "Can I have the ball?" And he went, "No." So I went, "Okay," and just closed the door and just went. But do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, Jesus, you know, stuff like that just wouldn't happen now. But I just um, think though, Dad, we we speak about side, don't we? About uh, about the glamour and uh, or the or the unglamour, so to speak, about mm. football and how times have changed and. Um, you know what I mean? That, that a lot's given to players nowadays. Does you know what I mean? You see players yeah. on a lot more money straight away. Um, everything's given to them on a silver player, and I, I don't think they realise that what it takes to be a footballer sometimes. You know, and, and that, that it's yeah. going to be a long career because some people get about eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and it just yeah. all falls away. And it falls away because they've been given everything so so early. You know that yeah, we were quite yeah. lucky. We were quite lucky with yeah. that. We made our debut at similar ages. Yeah. Um, in the first team, and it, and it, and for me, it didn't it didn't mean that my feet were off the ground. It didn't mean that I'd made it. You know what I mean? Because no. the next day, like you say, you know what I mean. I made my debut at Riverside live on Sky. Yeah. Straight after the game, I'm scrubbing the I'm scrubbing the baths and picking picking yeah. the kit up with the kit man. And that's just exactly. how clubs did it the right way yeah. for me. And made yeah, it right. totally. I mean, totally. I mean, the, you know, there, there was there was one week where York I might be playing in the first team. The next week, I was working on the turnstiles. Do you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, and, and then not, not only that, you're still, you're still classed as a, as a YTS. So basically you're hoping your, you know, your pro, you you know, who you're doing these boots for gives you 20, 30 quid for your Christmas bonus. You know, it absolutely buzzing if you get that. Hmm. No, no, no. It's I, crazy, crazy I remember those days. Days. I remember those days, side that uh, that we used to obviously mm. you 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 clean the boots at Christmas, just hoping for a, a decent Christmas <laughs> tip. And when you used to, when you didn't get one, or someone got more than you, you'd be a little bit like, oh god, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm you know, what? I'm just going to toss it off a little bit after Christmas because yeah, you totally. haven't looked after me. You know what I mean? And I don't believe we'll no. do it at the end of the season. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just stop because it's just, I mean, it just annoys you. Money to grabbers. Be fair, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, when Maybe I made it. 
when I signed a pro at York, I, I had Jonathan Greenan as my boot boy. So yeah, obviously, what a guy. You know, like, obviously, John, fantastic career, you know. Can, so now I'm asking him for my boot money back. <laughs> <laughs> he did say on, um, he did say on this in, on this show by the way that you were the worst boot boy he'd ever had to be fair and he, yeah. he's, he's like Neil off for being the worst trainer and you off for being the worst boot boy so he's just yeah, uh, so a couple of questions we got um, Neil Campbell the better looking of the Campbell tw- uh, the Campbell brothers some <laughs> would say some would say he says uh, who is who is the better teammate Andy or Neil Campbell uh, that's horrible. That's a horrible question. No, it gets better now. But we'll let it. We'll let Daz answer that first before we get to the next bit of the question oh, from I mean, someone put else. A, put me in a right predicament here. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I, I, I kind of lived with. I kind of lived with Neil. Uh, yeah, I don't for, know. I don't know he did it. For two years, do you know what I mean? Uh, so, I did. And we had we had some fantastic laughs. But again, obviously, you know, when I went to Cardiff, obviously, I knew I knew Andy there, and you know. And to be fair, it helped me settle in, you know, really well. So I'd be, I'd be hard split to, to, to split them to both, to be honest. Yeah. 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 yeah that's well, well, just two young side at, at, at York to really enjoy himself where at Cardiff. Yeah. Really <laughs> enjoy that, yeah. Proper. <laughs> but I think what we'll do is we'll throw that question to Stuart Campbell in the chat and he can choose <laughs> which one he... <laughs> um, and also then, John Kamara says, Neil Campbell or Martin Spate? <laughs> Just, you know, just, just to put is, you on the is, spot, is, like, is this is this for for a better player? Well, he just says either or. He doesn't doesn't specify. Oh. See, I haven't really, I haven't really seen put him, him on the spot and to tonight, to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if if in in, man, in managing, if you've gone football managing, I think we've uh, well, apart from Daz, me and me and my brother have all, have all massively questioned birds. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would put Neil for a playing because obviously I see I spent a lot of time with Neil playing and obviously he was de- decent. Uh, to be fair, used to get the, used to get on the end of my deliveries. <laughs> oh, different now, mate. I tell you, different now. He doesn't play, doesn't play a lot now. He's normally suspended quite a lot now. Things have changed, mate. I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, did Neil have um, have some have some suspension problems when he was playing? Did he? Was he a bit um, fiery? Yeah, uh, he, he he grew up to be a right angry man. Yeah, and he gets he gets sent off quite a lot. He's currently, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> he just said he was he, was he fiery on the pitch. So, put it this way: he's currently we're currently well we, we haven't played football for a while due to obviously lockdown. But he's in the middle of a three match ban, which has been going on for about nine weeks because of, because of lockdown. <laughs> That's mad. Never ending three la- three match ban. Yeah. So, I don't know how many games Ma- we've got left. Martin uh, Mulcaster says get off the fence. Uh, <laughs> Martin Spade says chicken. Get some, get some proper, uh, get, get some proper views. Some here, difficult right? yeah, it, we'll it, have always a, happens. it always happens. We'll have a proper question now from Mr. Stuart Campbell. He says, uh, "Who was the best player you ever played against?" That's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question because you know, obviously, over the years, you know, like like Andy, you know, we played against some fantastic players. Um, you know, Thierry Henry, you know, your Beckham's, your Giggs, um, you know, Patrick Vieira's of the world, um, Cantona's. Um, I mean Zola, you know Gianfranco Zola was was a fantastic player, um, you know great ability. Um, oh, what a player! But the, the, I tell you the one I the one I did generally not struggle against, but I did have a, a you know a really tough time against was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He was just he was so clever in what he did. Super sub. Yeah, he, he was like the silent wow. assassin. He would he, you'd think he was on his shoulder one second, and then he, you look around and he disappeared. You know, it was just like you know he was like a bit of a magician really. Uh, but great player, you know, great player. 
Jazz, um, you just spoke there about you just spoke there about, well, about I think you just named ten players and I think you named uh, nine centre forwards who would probably get in any world class side or any world class nominations. So I, I don't think you give yourself enough credit me at times that you know what I mean. I know I spoke to you in the past and you know what I mean about about uh, about your belief in in. in in, in looking back at how well you've done and you've just named there about about the generation of players that you played against. How proud then looking back are you of what you achieved and, and the games that you played in and, and the success, especially what you had at Sunderland. And we, we are going to go back to York because there's a few things I want to talk about, but while we're talking about Premier League players, you know I mean how proud are you that you were mixing it with all those kind of guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, it you feel honoured to take the field with these guys, do you know I mean that that's the thing and um you know you're probably right, you know, when you look you know, it's not until you actually really look back on it that you think, do you know, I, like, I actually, you know, kind of held me on at times with these guys. You and know, more. And these, and more, yeah. these guys were, you know, were, were top players. And I think, you know, like I say, you, but then, you know, you, you kind of don't want to kind of blow your own trumpet or seem to be blowing your own trumpet, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I loved every minute of it, you know, as you will have, mate. It's, you know, there's such, such great times and, and memories mm. to look back on. Uh, I don't think though. I don't think though you realise or does do you? until you retire, until you have a, a conversation with someone about it and talk to these about, about these games, these kind of players, and look back and reminisce yeah. and and look at the probably the medals you've won or the trophies you've won or the England caps you've you've, you've achieved and the and, and and the pictures that you've gotten and and you start really digging deep uh, of what you what you did achieve. You know that, for example, you know what I mean. You look at what Sunderland achieved. At that, you know yeah. what I mean. Going to going to the new stadium at Roker Park. Uh, um, some of the cup runs you, you, you achieved in, you know what I mean? The, the finishing the highest Premier League finish in Sunderland have ever had. You know, this is yeah. this is whilst you were there. You know what I mean? And you were yeah. a stalwart at the back. You know what I mean? Yes, you played all over, and yes, you probably probably you, you probably annoyed you at times uh, mixing mixing about and playing right back, centre half, centre midfield, yeah. playing all over the place. But that that for me is a compliment in itself that Peter and the coaching staff had that much belief in you. So how did how, how did that how did that then feel if if that a manager had that much belief in you? Oh God! It was a, you know it was unbelievable, mate. If you got quite honest, you know, you know at times when you got injured, and, you know, and you've got the manager, you know, coming into the, the physios room and saying, you know, how, how long are you going to be out? You know, we, you know, we could do with you back in and this, that, and the other. You know, and obviously I went through, you know, a situation where you know, kind of like, obviously I lost lost my dad, and um, I, I kind of missed quite a few games. But you know, I had Pete Reid or Bobby Saxon on the phone saying, oh, you know, when you're back, you know, when are you coming back in and you know, and for me at the time, I wasn't right. You know, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't in the right place, and I didn't want to let the teams down. The team down. So basically, I, you know, I was probably off off longer than what I wanted to be. Um, but you know, it's such a, it's such an honour, obviously, to you know to have people like that, who, you know, wanting you in the side, and you know, and having the you know the the respect and the thing to you know to actually play you, you know, ahead of because obviously sometimes you know you're playing ahead of players that you think, well, you know, he's a very good player. Because obviously you don't look at yourself in, in the same type of way. No, no, I, to I totally agree, and I think it's sometimes it's it's things like this and a show like this and uh, and, and times that you know. I mean, I look back and I've done some research over the last couple of days, and and, and what you've achieved is phenomenal. You know, I mean, the amount of games that you played and and coming through the the, the route and the way that you did. You know what I mean? And um, and I'm going to go back to York in a second, but you just said something there that I, I just want to I just want to pick up on. And uh, you mentioned your dad. Uh, and you mentioned yeah. so I look at I look at family first and foremost. So how important yeah. was family first and foremost coming through football? Because obviously your your brothers played a big part in your life, and obviously I know you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I live yeah. next. I live near around yeah. the corner from her twice basically because you moved around the Martin yeah. area. So um, how important was family for you yeah. moving forward, growing up and in football? Yeah, it was it was massive, mate. I mean, obviously you know you got you need your family's backing. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously they're the they're, you know. They're the guys who are going to get you to to the training, or are going to get you to the games, and 
you know, and back you all the way, really. Um, you know, we went through, a, you know, a lot of times at school where, you know, you and you, you know, you know what you want to be personally, but obviously, you know, your teachers are like, you know, do this, do that. And, you know, and you kind of, not rebelling, but you kind of, you know, I know what I want to do. You know, this is the, the avenue I want to go down. And so, you know, your family are there to back you and obviously try and support you as much as they can. And, you know, obviously you, you appreciate that, you know, you know, as we've done in the past and, you know, when obviously you make the heights, you know, or you make it as a, as a pro, um, you know, you, you generally, you know, try and help help your family out as you know as much as you can, and you know, and make them make them part of it as well, because obviously, you know, they've spent many years trying to get you in, you know, along along the path you want to go on. So, you know, why why don't they enjoy it with you? Well, I, I said this as well, Sai, because I said um, if it wasn't for my mum and dad, I, I couldn't have travelled to uh, play for Martin because you play for games all over the TG, TG, TGFA, and and then you go and sign for York or Middlesbrough that you, you games every Sunday, either and everywhere from your hall to. Um, to Sheffield Wednesday and then to home games and training and if it wasn't for parents and people who looked after you you know what I mean that you could never be in the position what you were in you were never never given everything wasn't given to you you know what I mean that, that your no. mum and dad worked hard to give you everything what they had and I, I'm so appreciative because lifestyle and, and what people have is just, just amazing it's absolutely fantastic um, mm. just, I'll see something a, a time in your life at York City obviously I want to I want to talk about obviously uh, you, you spoke about making your debut and you spoke about coming down but um, there's obviously one game which sticks in my head um, and it's the Man United <laughs> the Man United games and, and you know what I mean tell people yeah. about that because so, being a young lad um, to play at Old Trafford you know I um, um, I know obviously a good friend of yours, a good friend of mine, Nicky Peverell, obviously played in that game. Yeah. And um, I yeah. think he might have got a man of the match in that game, actually, because I'm sure he got a bike or something and he put something on Twitter not so long ago. So, um, yeah. tell, us, tell, us, tell us about that because it wasn't, just, it wasn't just playing there, was it? You absolutely annihilated him as well. So, you know what I mean? Tell, yeah. us, tell everybody about that. God, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's an absolute dream, isn't it, at that age to go to Old Trafford and play, you know, against the Man United side, you know, that, you know, no matter what side they put out was going to be, you know, worthy of playing, you know, at any level. Um, you know, so from our point of view, you know, we we were just obviously under 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 management of Alan Little, and you know it was kind of go there and enjoy it. You know, we, we, you know we took down thousands of fans from York, you know, which was fantastic for us. You know, and we just thought, you know, yeah, you know, we'll work hard, we'll play ourselves in, you know, keep ourselves in the game as long as possible. And you know, obviously the the, the shock happened of you know <laughs> of beating them three nil there, and, and it's it's surreal. But you know, we're coming away thinking, yeah, it's fantastic, but. We've still got to play him again. Do you know what I mean? In the second leg, and you always think, well, you know, the second legs we're going to be, we're just going to get absolutely annihilated because they're just they're not going to want to lose, and you know, this and the other, which you know, rightly so. But we worked so hard in the second game as well, just to just to try and get ourselves and keep ourselves in the game as long as possible. And then, fortunately enough for us, obviously Scott Jordan struck, you know, just before half time, which made it, you know, a bit better for us, and we were in a stronger position. Um, and then come the end of the game, you know, they, they had Peter Schmack was up in the box for corners and stuff. And, and I remember we broke from a corner and um, we was, you know, we literally was about three or four of us. And, and, you, and you know, at that level, and you, know, you kept yourself ridiculously fit because obviously that, that was part and parcel of the game. You know, if you could work hard and, and stay in a game for 90 minutes, you know, and be still as fit at the end of it, then you've always got a chance. And, and there was about three or four of us broke. And I remember Nicky Pebbles going down the left-hand side and, and all he had to do was square the ball. He just started to square the ball, and he went to cross it, and he and he like he, he spanned it into the into the crowd, and we were all absolutely fuming in the middle of the middle of the pitch. But it was so close to the end of the game that obviously, and and Nicky he pulled up a cramp and everything, and it was just like it was mental. But I just I, I just literally honestly remember like being in the dressing room celebrating, and and I didn't drink then, and literally the the, the first team lads took us out, 
and I, honestly, I, I lost about two days. I could, honestly, <laughs> I, I remember, I remember, I remember coming out of that nightclub, and I could not see. I was like, oh my god! I, like the first time I had a proper drink, and I was just I remember being sat in the middle of the road, thinking, I'm just going to spew up here. I'm just going to spew. Up. <laughs> but I always knew that I had to get back. I had to get back in the digs. But mm. the guy, the guy who ran the digs, he locked the door at a certain time, and I thought I was stood there knocking at the door for ages and ages. And he'd come down. And he opened the door. He just he just gave me one one death stir like that. And he went, "I'm going to speak to Ricky Spurrier tomorrow about you." I went, <laughs> "Okay." And just walked past him and went to bed. I just couldn't, honestly. I but couldn't. these but these these are moments like you said about uh, a dream to play at like Old Trafford and dream to play against Man United. Oh. You're on about Peter Schmeichel. You're on about all the other players. You know, and, and playing against Man United is in one game, one off and beating them is one thing. But doing it over two legs for me is is another yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. You could beat Man United 5-0 and still get smashed yeah. in the second leg still on the first beat, leg. Yeah. You, you see Man City, yeah. you've smashed 10 past teams in one game and just relaxed yeah, in the second totally. game. And, you know, I mean, it's about, uh, it's a bigger picture. And I just think, I, I, like, obviously, I knew obviously what was going on from, a, from an outsider because yeah. of Cousin Neil and stuff. But it was just such a proud moment because, yeah, I'd met all the players. I knew the manager and, you know what I mean, obviously knew yeah. you, so you, you knew Nicky. So you, you keep a bigger eye on it and you keep a closer closer look at it. And just be, just makes you so proud because it makes you think, you know what, that, they are human, after all, that they can be beaten, even yeah. though the world class footballers totally, yeah. and, and things that, um, and, and, and it can't be an accident. It's happened over two games, you know, that you haven't just, you've annihilated yeah. for me, over two legs, you annihilated yeah. them, you know what I mean? Because you, yeah. you deserve to win the tie, th- which is the biggest thing. Yeah, I think I think the biggest and best feeling about that about that overall was was leaving the leaving the pitch at Old Trafford in the first leg, and, and we got a standing evasion from the Man United crowd, you know. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't packed to the rafters, but, you know, there was enough there. You know, to just show their appreciation, the fact that you know we'd gone there, you know, we'd done a job on a on a very good Man United side. Yeah, which is which is absolutely Can't fantastic. No, absolutely fantastic. So some phenomenal uh, questions and comments in the chat, mate. Some phenomenal questions. I go on, let's 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 go then before we move on to. Uh, go on, I, it's like where to start. Um, so I'm going to read out this one because it's uh, just very quickly. Gaz says. Um, fantastic episode of Mental Health and Sport last night with Daz. He said, well done and thanks for your honesty. And he said some nice stuff about me, but we don't need to know about that. Um, but like he just said, basically, that he really enjoyed your episode and he thought it was the best one yet, which I actually agree with. And he just said, thanks for your honesty. Um, Donna, who always sends in superb questions, she says, uh, apparently some Cardiff City players at the moment, if I was writing that, I would have said some Cardiff City players at the moment and don't try. Have you ever played in a team with someone who you believed wasn't or didn't try or wasn't do we, trying their do best? We have, um, do we have names, Donna? Can we, can we name any names? <laughs> 1 to 11? <laughs> no, I, actually, that's wrong. Listen, I take out Joe Brennan. Listen, listen Si, we've got... We, we're in a... We're in a position, and, and, and especially in football, that, that everyone's got a different style, style for me. And uh, when uh, certain players play... I can look at them and go, he doesn't look like he's trying. You know what I mean? People could have said that about Paul Merson. People could have said that about, about other players because it's just the way they go around on the pitch. Where yeah. I remember watching Daz. I remember playing with Daz. You know what I mean? That Daz would be everywhere. You know what I mean? Because he was on about fitness levels early on. He was like a rash, so you know what I mean? be all over you. You know what I mean? And that was from the first to the last. But some players weren't like that. And just because they're not like that, sometimes... When Berbatov was like way, that, wasn't he? Berbatov yeah. always looked yeah. like he wasn't trying. But yeah, I think he totally. was. Whereas, like, I look at Paul Pogba sometimes, for instance, and I think you're not trying, you're, you know, you're not giving 100%. Whereas I think Berbatov was, I think it was just his kind of language style. Anyone, Darren, who's kind of, you've played with and you've thought, come on. No, well, I mean, Nicky, I mean, Nicky Summerby, I mean, Nicky Summerby, for instance, 
Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he looked like that, but, you know, Nicky, I'll be honest, you know, he's honest as the days long. And, and what Nicky used to say, yeah, is, does, or, or it might have been Chris Makin or Darren Holloway, whoever was playing behind him in the right back uh, slot, he would just say, look, at, I, I'll be honest with you now, I, I'm not a defender. I ain't going to probably come back and defend. But if you win the ball, give it to me and I'll do it at the other end. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And he was just honest as a day as long. Like, you know, and he even said, because, you know, being a fullback, obviously, like Andy said, you know, we kept our fitness levels high and this and the other. So I like to overlap me winger. Nicky was like, don't, don't even bother, Dad, because I'm just going to cross it. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was just honestly. A, but it, to anybody off well. the field, it would, look, it would look lazy. Do you know what I mean? But that wasn't, it was, it wasn't his game to defend, and, you know, and he, he was honest about that. Um, yeah. don't I don't think it helps as well, Daz, does it? I don't think it helps the way that people... At the socks, because Nicky was one of those as well. He, yeah. he didn't really look like a player. He had his socks no. probably down his ankles a little bit. Yeah. Shin pads were showing. Yeah, so he, totally, yeah. You already look. You already look like you don't care. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, totally. And it's 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 so difficult to have that have that opinion. But I do I do appreciate what Don is saying, and I do I do totally agree that that when things aren't going well, you know what I mean. Things yeah. especially if the manager's here, under pressure. I feel yeah. that sometimes players they don't down tools, but they don't always play for the manager in a way yeah. whereby they're trying to save his job. They they can kind of just ease off a little bit, I think. Yeah, uh, Gavin Randall asks a couple of questions. Gavla, he says, uh, number one, who was the best manager you played under? Uh, I think for me, obviously, Peter Reid was probably the best manager I've played under. He, you know, him and Bobby Saxon, you know, added down to a T. They, they were great. They were great. You know, we had a great manager, a great coach, but we had a great man manager as well. You know, they mm. knew the players, they knew how to get the best out of the players. And don't get me wrong, that wasn't by always training. You know, that was that was organising, you know, days days away on on, on the drink. Do you know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it was a drinking culture back then. And, you know, like I say, you know, I probably Team lost spirit. a lot of days, a lot of days on the drink. Do you know what I mean? Where, <laughs> you know, we're Peter reading that. But it was it was all about getting everyone together and, you know, you know, and, and like you say, creating that team spirit. And, and if anything, you know, them two guys created a massive team spirit at that club and, you know, got... What they would class as a as a low budget team to do extremely well, in, you know, in a, in, a, in a very strong Premier League. But like that said, there, no, sir, you know that I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word the overachieved, but they did, they did really well on the, with the players that they had. You know what I mean? That's not being disrespectful of the players, but that, that comes mm. with team spirit. It comes with morale. It comes with doing the right things at the right time. And they knew when to play hard, but they knew when to party hard. You know what I mean? And the same as and I'll use yeah. this, the. The same example was Brian Robson at Middlesbrough. You know that I know. I know Reedy and Robbo are best mates on and off the pitch, yeah. and um, and they their culture uh, on and off the pitch was was the same mentality. You know what I mean? That they would they would give everything on the pitch, and then when they're off the pitch, they do exactly what they wanted, and the players and the teams would do exactly what they, what what they were told to do because it oh, worked. Totally. It worked at the time. And would they struggle now in twenty twenty? Possibly, you know what I mean, because it, what 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 would that what would that substitute Everyone's be? Everyone's fitter now, you know what they? I mean. Like, yeah. Well, it is, but what would that substitute be? Because for me, I don't see I don't see many teams together. I don't see a team. Yeah, they haven't got that team spirit. You know what I mean? I don't see that team spirit. Those teams had. You know what I mean? So what what, what would be, what would the substitute be? I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it can be. You know what I mean? Big Sam used to do um, team 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 bonding days at the races and yeah. stuff yeah, like that. Don't that's they? probably that's probably the, that's probably yeah. the, the maximum you can do at the minute without mm. the the probably the drinking culture because all it takes is someone taking a snap and you lose on the Saturday. You yeah, look by the manager, you're putting everyone under pressure, and it just can't happen, yeah. unfortunately. Well, I, mean, you know I mean, I mean, touching on that about Brian Robson and Reedy, I mean, they they were they were big big mates, and and I remember I remember we we had a game on the Saturday for Sunderland, and we were at home. And uh, I was I was going out on the, on the Saturday night, but however I was I was dry, I was going to drive because we were playing on the Tuesday, and I just didn't want to, you know, get myself in, you know, mm. having a good drink over the weekend. And you feel a bit sluggish on maybe he's on Monday, Sunday, Monday, 
Um, so I basically chose not to drink on that night. So I goes out and we went to Tall Trees and, and in the middle bar there was Peter Reed and, and obviously Brian Robson stood there. So so Reed turned around and he went, he went all right, Daz. I went, yeah, yeah, you gaffer. Like, you know, he's still calling gaffer on the night out. You know, it's just it's mad. But I had a, I had a half a Coke and I, he went, he went, oh, what's that? And I went, oh, half mm. a Coke. He went, he like, he gave me a look of disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? And he went, half a Coke. I went, yeah. He went, pass it here. He went, let me. So he had a little taste of it. He went, oh my God. He went, he went to the bar last bit. He went, do us a favor. He went, just stick us a double vodka in there, will you? I went, that's right. I went, I went, I'm driving. I went, I went, we've got a game on Tuesday. He went, Daz, he went, it's Saturday night. He's like, do I, do I not pay you enough money to get a taxi home? And honestly, he got me absolutely slozzled and I, I had to get a taxi home and come and get me guy the next day. And I just wanted to pick up on something. Yeah, go on. Sorry, mate. I was going to say, I wanted to pick up on something which you said about um, where if someone gets snapped at like the races or on a night out and then they lose on a Saturday, it can become like problematic. Um, And not even necessarily that the the manager might think that there's a direct correlation, but from the fans' point of view and the media, especially the media these days, they they build everything up to shoot people down. but when I had Willie Boland on the Mental Health in Sports Series 1, um, he talked about that whereby in his first year at Cardiff, he struggled to settle and he didn't feel like he was playing his best football. And he felt like if he played badly on the Saturday or the team lost, he couldn't go out for like a meal or a couple of drinks on the Saturday in case he saw people in Cardiff City Centre or whatever. Because he... Do you know what I mean? Like he felt like he yeah. couldn't go out. And that's... Um, that's like a weird correlation because, you know, footballers, at the end of the day, whether it's in the past in that when the drinking culture was more prevalent or now, like they're entitled to have a, you know, a night out, a private life. They can go and do stuff. They can go and see their friends if it doesn't affect their job, just as anybody else, whether you're a footballer or not. As long as your social life doesn't affect your job, I think it's you're just entitled to it, aren't you? I think it's I think it's just being professional at though, and, that, and that's that's having the supporters' um, beliefs and the supporters um, having their backs a little bit because there's nothing worse than seeing a player after you've just been tonked, uh, yeah, it in the face laughing you know, and joking. That. You know what I mean? That 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 they can do anything. You know, you get a bad reputation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's be honest. We both, we we all know Willie really well, and uh, Willie's made up for that, by the way. So don't. Hundred percent, I mean, every time. <laughs> Uh, uh, Gavin also asked who's the best player you've played with I think you answered that one earlier didn't you Um, with Zola and a couple of no that was against that was against against, who's the best one you played with Um, I think the best I mean obviously you know I formed a a really good partnership with Jodie Craddock which which was just thrown together really again it was you know Peter Reid Bobby Saxon uh, pulled us after training one day and just basically said "All right, Daz we're going to play centre half I mean Jodie was a centre half anyway Daz we're going to play centre half and I was like Oh right, okay. And he was like, "When's the last time you played there?" I said, "It was about ten, I think." So like, you know, just la- just laughed about it. And he said, "All oh, right, okay. Well, we're going to try you there, you know." And I was like, "All oh, right, okay." So, you know, but because you know these guys give you this opportunity, you know, to be you know at Sunderland and this and the other, he just like, right, yeah, I'll go with it. And it worked extremely well. But the the, the one the one player I just you know I, he had great feet. He's fantastic, Claudio Reyna. You know, we we played at Old Trafford. Um, Underrated against, player, man. Against yeah, totally against uh, Keenan Scholes, and I'm not. We got beat two one in the end, but I mean, honestly, I'm not just saying this. I mean, Claudio played centre midfield, and obviously, I did a lot of the legwork, and he, you know, he was just unbelievable on the ball, and 
And to be fair, when we come off, you know, some of the, some of the United guys are saying, like, you've absolutely kind of ran the show in there, you know, today. And, you know, even some of the Sunderland fans on the way back, you know, which is which is massive for, you know, for for, for a young player, you know, to, to hear that. Um, but Claudio Reina was something special. I mean, he, you know, he had great, great feet. And he was such a nice, nice lad as well, you know. And, and to be fair, in his time at Sunderland, he scored some great goals as well. No, he did as well. Uh, to be fair, you could you could you could have had a long list there, Sai. You know what I mean? For me, yeah. you're about, about yeah. your Kevin Phillips, your Al Quins, you know what I mean? Your Geordies, you know what I mean? He, listen, I think there was a lot of underrated players on there. You know what I mean? The two wide men at the time for me, at Sunderland. You know what I mean? They, they, used to, they created just a, an unbelievable amount of chances for people. You know what I mean? And yeah. and they probably didn't get the probably the praise that they deserve sometimes. You know what I mean? All the squad. You know because yeah. you know, I think they were you know they like this. They were like. Under you know, under the radar a little bit, and I I, I think that's why yeah. they've achieved quite a lot because the way it was. Yeah, that team was a bit was... like on their day yeah. they could beat anyone, but then and the next did. week they could struggle. It was a bit like up and down, but on you know play, talent wise, yeah. it was really good, strong team. Uh, Garen Cole says, uh, Darren, am I right in believing you were about to sign for the mighty Cardiff City? permanently after a year's loan period but uh andy's adopted father dave jones stopped it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean it's you know it, it was bizarre really to be quite honest because obviously initially initially i was supposed to be going to hull for on a three and a half year deal um and hull were a, few, a couple of leagues down at the time but they were kind of offering me the same money that i was on at Sunderland, which was you know bizarre it was absolutely crazy i mean peter taylor was a the manager at the time and obviously peter had, had me in the under 21s and the england b team um, so you know, it was fantastic for me. But I had a so-called um, not not a very good agent at the time, let's say, um, and he kind of like messed the deal up for me completely. Um, but I, so I ended up being at obviously Cardiff just till the end of the season um, when I signed. But I was due like an, another year after that. But Dave Jones was trying to get me on half the money I was on, which really didn't financially work out, you know, right because my family was still down in the northeast and. You know, there was no pl- no plans really to move up on the on the back of a strength of a year, a year's contract. So, so no. yeah. So unfortunately, Dave Jones, you know, he, he kind of upset quite a few people at the time. I think in and around that uh, that time span. So in a nutshell, he's a prick. That's all we're yeah, saying. That's all, that's all we're saying. <laughs> it's basically, we yeah. listen. I'm not uh, listen. We're not gonna not gonna hide hide behind a hide behind a smoke screen with me, sir. You know me. I, I, I even got a. A comment on social media the other day about um, that I I nailed a comment on Twitter. Well, I, I, I must be nearly ten years ago now. I said that, that comment. I can't remember, but um, my my judge my judgment on a certain person. He didn't name him, but I know which one he was talking about. Was uh, was bang on. Unfortunately, he said. Which listen, we've all got people say who who we don't um, rub us up the wrong way. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we, we don't we don't get on with you know because listen listen let's be honest you know what I mean that that. I, I I know Daz inside out, and but there'll, there'll there'll probably be people who I've upset, there'll be people who Daz has upset, there'll be people who you've upset. We're yeah. never going to be friends with anybody, and, and 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 we're going to get on with everybody. And it's just it's just the life and the times of of being a person or being a footballer Mate, or being right, a human being. Me. You know what I mean? So there's mm. loads of comments in here. I can read negative ones. Mm-hmm. 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 I I I mute I mute anything negative. <laughs> I'm, all, I, I'm all about the positivity. <laughs> so you know that by now. Never hear anything negative come out of my mouth. Um, what else we got? Let's have a quick look then before we move on to something else. I'm going to just pick a random one. Uh, my favourite question every week. Gaz Cubbins says, who is the biggest knobhead you've met in football? <laughs> well, we've had some carcass, carcass dads, right? And was, uh, no holding I back. I can't remember. 
there was one a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember. I think we thought it was it was just going to get pushed under the carpet, and then all of a sudden you can see the lights go on, and uh, and he just went to town, didn't he? I can't remember who it was. Like. It was, oh, it was uh, the G- Dimmy Constantopoulos talking about um, <laughs> Victor Valdez, wasn't it? <laughs> I, but we we both thought he was going to just dodge the question, kind of like. Yeah. You know, just pat it away and say, oh, I, you know, I've genuinely met everyone who's quite nice. Yeah. And, and then like, all of a sudden... Victor Valdez is an absolute... <laughs> it, was, uh, yeah, it was quality. I, th- I think for me, I think um, under Howard Wilkinson at Sunderland, you know, it was, it's, you know, probably our absolute worst time. Worst time for me. I mean, we never really seen eye to eye from the beginning. Um, I used to come into training on, on you know, every day, work, work my socks off. You know, you'd kind of get overlooked. There was times where you'd walk around with a DVD for... The playing squad, and then he kind of get to me sometimes and go on nah, and take it away type of thing, you know. And it was just stupid things, really. But this one day, one day, give me, he give me, give me a DVD. So I just flung it in the bin and just flung it, like, and I just, I, and I just didn't really get on with him. And and I was out training one day, and I just, I just obviously had the birth of my daughter, so I was, I was knackered. I, mean, I was all over. So it was the worst training session I probably had in my life. And all the time through like my training sessions under him, he was calling me everything but Darren. And then one training, one training session, I had the worst training session ever. He went, he went, oh my god! He said, "You're having the right beast today." I need Darren. I went, oh, I went, got me name right. <laughs> you know I mean? Honestly, it was just bizarre. I mean, some of the some of the stuff we done, mate, absolute mind boggling. I mean, we were training, we were doing set pieces, right, and, and we had to visualise these set pieces, but there was no ball. So you had Mickey Gray taking the corner, and there's about twelve of us jumping up. The box. It was just like, what the hell? Yeah, defenders defending, trying to defend with no ball, and attackers trying to get. And I was like, "What is he doing?" Uh, we we done, you know, we had we had sessions with psych- psychologists in in, in uh, upstairs in the stadium of light, and this this one guy, we had a, we had a table, and, and in front of you had a bag of pennies, so and and in, and in the middle you had a pot. So if you had a bad thought, you put a penny in the pot, and then these guys would come over and ask you why you put a penny in the pot. So I give it about <laughs> ten minutes, and I just thought, "I'm not getting this. I'm not getting this." So I emptied the full bag. In the pot. Well, this bloke come over like Mo Farah, sprinted across the room, and he went, "Why did you do that?" And I went, "Because I'm just not getting this, mate. I just I don't get it." <laughs> I went, "You you want us to do this?" I went, and then you want us to go out on a, on a Saturday and play against Man United or Chelsea and expect us to be great. I was like, "We'll spend more time in here than we do on the training pitch." He went, "Listen," he went, "Do me a favour." I went, "What?" He went, "Visualize this." I went, "Okay, I'll get you know, I'll give you the opportunity." He went, "Visualize yourself out there. It's Saturday. You're playing against Man United." He went, you get the ball, you take on five or six players and you t- stick it in the top corner. I said, mate, I would not be at this club if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know, that, um, that, that as, as you're talking about psychologists, because I, um, I remember when Steve McLaren came in, he brought, so obviously Steve Brown came in as his coach and Bill Bezik came in as his psychologist. We all had, we all had one-on-ones with him, which was um, interesting. Um, I like Bill. Yeah. As a person, I really liked him. Um, as a as as a professional person, really liked it, but I just didn't get it. You know, I was a young yeah, lad. I was yeah. in, I was probably immature, a little bit like Daz is yeah. talking about, but, but on a bigger scale, yeah. I was very immature, si, as you can imagine. So I was in a room with Bill, and uh, just me and Bill. I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was videoing it or anything. Probably was knowing knowing my look, but he told me, he told me to shut my eyes and he's told me to uh, to visualize and and imagine I'm I'm uh, I'm something. And he wanted me to, to visualize being in the green. And he meant by being in the green and being in a happy place and not to go in the amber and certainly not go in the red. And I just burst. I just burst in. Burst into just a massive <laughs> laughter. I just couldn't. I just every time he said going to the green, it was like I was just getting tickled by somebody and I was just couldn't stop laughing. I was <laughs> yeah. extremely immature. And I, I remember. 
I remember going down to the training ground the next morning because that was an afternoon after training. Uh, I've gone down to the training ground next next morning and um, walked down the walked down the big path, ready to ready to train. And the manager's gone down there, down there, down there. And he got to me. He went, oh, "You can train over there on your own." I'm thinking, yeah. And that, and, and that was it. And that was listen. And, and if that if it's that, game over then, isn't if that's, it? yeah. yeah. And, and and to be fair, I was I was ready for a move anywhere, but that just it, it was a final nail in the coffin. And it was just one of them things, you know. If, if someone else is, <laughs> but I listen. It's me on me on silly fault for laughing, but I just didn't get it. You know, I was, I was when, football was the thing what saved me. You know what I mean? And football was the thing mm. what got me in a good place. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And sitting and talking about some 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 things sometimes at the time, I think you've got to have a lot of maturity. You've got to you've got to be in the right frame of mind to do that. You know what I mean? Or you've got to be yeah. in a in a place to want that help. And at the time, I was I was very happy with football. Football was being very very good to me at the time, and I was I was in a good place. So I I, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Yes, but I'm going to just want to address something quickly. Uh, Garen says, got to get Dave Jones on here. Um, we are trying through various people and stuff, and we are trying to get kind of like an inv- invitation to him. Um, kind of struggling to get his contact details. It's an open offer, though. He's welcome to come on, and we'll have a good old debate no, listen, and uh, discussion. Sorry, si, we will have a right giggle, and it won't be personal. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think it will be a laugh more than anything. I, I, I'm, yeah, if, spot on. Listen, mate. I would love him to turn around to me and, and just call me a prick because I am, <laughs> and I know I am, and I, I know I probably was. But at the end of the day, football's a business. I know that now, and things what get said now are, are in jest a little bit, and it's nothing yeah. personal. And, and, and it just is what it is. Listen, we've, we've, he's had an honest opinion. Career. Isn't it? He's been he's been a great manager. He did a great job at City. Um, but also, I'd like to think that I did a great job at City for, for the time oh, I was man. there. And, and you know what I mean? Yeah. I think sometimes you, we need to give each other credit and, and just li- listen. Whatever's happened in the past has happened, but we can still have a little bit of fun along the way about it. Absolutely, mate. Um, <laughs> so I've just got to nip out a minute. But yeah, no, I'm going to leave you I'll leave you with this one, and um, There you go. Uh, right. So, yeah, this is obviously something that I want to talk about, Daz. So, obviously, um, uh, Sam for Sunderland. Obviously, yeah, you know what I mean. For me, I never, I never got the opportunity to play against Middlesbrough, uh, which yeah. I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing. But obviously, you got an opportunity to play against your hometown club at the Riverside. Yeah. Um, first of all, taking obviously what happened out of the equation, what was it like to play at your hometown club and play at the Riverside? What was it? What, what was the feeling like every time you did yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know it was fantastic. I mean, you know, you you you're coming back to obviously where you're from and. Um, you know, your family's obviously Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough through and through type of thing. You know, it's a little bit strange, obviously, because you're playing against them, and you know, it's a little bit weird in that sense. But I, th- I suppose, obviously, a, you know, a proud moment to come back and actually, actually, sh- you know, showcase yourself on, you know, against your hometown. You know, and was that was it always a dream, Daz? Was it always a dream to come back to play? Because obviously, you didn't get obviously the opportunity to play for them. But so was it always a dream and an aspiration to play against them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you know. I think it was always a dream to come back and, and, and like you say, play against you. And obviously, you know, it's, you, you know, yeah. Obviously, yourself. You know, you were there. Obviously, you know, a couple of you know, Craig Ignat. You know, and, and people are. So obviously, you know, you had friends in the game. Obviously, you know, and it's nice to come back and, and get the opportunity because, like you say, if you don't play for that club, you know, you're not you're not generally gonna you know just turn out at the, at the uh, Riverside, you know, and and play a game really. So you know, and it was nice to be obviously a competitive game as well. And I think because obviously every time that obviously I did play against Sunderland and, and, and Newcastle and other other local side York City for, for example, you, it was always strange, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Because you're playing against your friends, you're playing against uh, yeah. people who you, who you know, people who you grew up with, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Part of you wants to win the game because you're a winner anyway, but part of you wants to just get some something over somebody else because you you know what I mean. You yeah. know if you go, you're going out with them on the Saturday night, or you might yeah, see them course, in a week's yeah. time, or you might see them tonight or tomorrow, and it's yeah. it's just nice to get that um, one-upmanship on somebody. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it's a it's a weird, it's a weird scenario to be in, but it it also makes it. I think it makes for a good game as well, you know, because obviously totally it gets it gets competitive, but it doesn't get nasty competitive, you know. It, but yeah. it's, it's that competitive side where you can still have a bit of a laugh and a joke, you know, while you know, whilst you know, you might go in for a tackle and end up, you know, tangling up with each other, but it's not a, in any malice. It's just the fact that you know you're competing against each other, and and there's always laughs, smiles, and and, and giggles, yeah. that, you know, throughout the game, you know. If you stood next to somebody, there's always you know the, the the daft comment you know to each other. So I think it's good good in that sense as well. And I totally agree because I think you know what I mean. You, you, listen, we, we're all we're all professional people at the time. You know what I mean. You're all players and you're all wanting to win. You know what I mean. You're not going into the game to hurt anybody. But you know, if there's a tackle there to be won, someone's going to come yeah. through and they're, going to, they're, and they're going to win the ball and and more and and pick oh, you God, up yeah. and you know it's going to come again. And it's just part and yeah. parcel of that occasion, part and parcel of the thing. But but fans expected it, players expected it, friends expected yeah. it, and. And I think totally. it's just one of those things. This is just amazing. But obviously, yeah. obviously my next point is um, obviously something happened in uh, in one of the games, and it was a, a quite famous moment in your career. Um, yeah. But obviously, didn't turn out probably as good as it should have in the end, you know. But so tell tell everybody basically what happened anyway before uh, before we ruin it. So obviously, it's, it's it's like a running joke now because I, I'm proud it I'm proud it happened at, at the time. But um, yeah, you know what I mean. But tell everybody what 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 happened during the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, literally, but in the warm up, really, you know, it all it all kind of st- stemmed from there. You know, I was obviously get, you know, I'm coming back, obviously, to you know, with Sunderland to play against Middlesbrough, you know, and it's, you know, and obviously, you know, people are people having little digs from the ground, you know, from the in the stands and stuff, you know, while you're warming up and, you know, saying saying bits and pieces of you know about your family and this and the other, but. You know, probably not in you know in a in a really malicious way, but obviously just to probably try and wind you up this that, and the other. And but I mean, prior to that, we'd been working all week on a, on a formation, and obviously, you know, at the time, you you know, you, Middlesbrough had a great side. Um, you know, and we had the had the little little wizard in the middle middle of midfield. You know, Giannino, you know, could could cause problems left, right, and centre. So we'd worked all week, and you know, I was designated obviously a, a man marker on on Giannino, Um so basically, we were in the dressing room. Um, so you know, the, Bobby Saxon's writing the team up on the board. Obviously, the middles beside at the starting eleven, and we'd work solidly on it all week. You know, I was Martin Janini or stick with Janini or do this, blah blah blah. So as Pete Reed's doing his talk, he, he can't see the team behind him. So Bobby Saxon's writing it up on the board. So Reedy said, "Right, has anybody got any questions?" He said, "Nobody should have any questions because we have worked hard on it all week." And I put my hand up. And he went, "Fuck's sake, does he?" Went, "What's your question?" I went. So, I'm Mark and Janino. He went, yeah. I said, so, do you want me to sit next to him on the bench or shall I just stay on the pitch? Because <laughs> obviously he was on the bench. But And Reedy turned around looked at me and he went, oh, for God's sake. It's <laughs> just like that. So, really, so in, a sense, in a sense, that kind of created a situation where I had nobody to mark. Right. So, I got, I got pushed into the box for, for, the, for the set piece. And, and basically, obviously, leading up to that, obviously, you know, the Chris Waddle crossed it. You know, obviously, I've got on the end of it and scored a header. But then I'm not. I, I don't. I don't sell it. I don't score every week, so I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what I do. So I'm thinking, mm. like, you know, I've got loads of stick. You know, I've got loads of stick. All warm ups. So I thought, sod you. So I stuck my hands behind my ears. You know, and, and probably in the long and short of it, when you think back, you think that's probably not the best thing to do. Like you know, bearing in mind you live in Middlesbrough. I know, so, but you say you, you say that, and I, and and I, and I've obviously spoke to you about this. I spoke to other people about it, and 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 you've just you've just probably hit the nail on the head for me that you you didn't score. As many goals as, yeah. as as you wanted to score, so you know what I mean. Yeah. You scored a goal in a 
in a huge game. You know what I mean? It was a huge game at the time. It's a local derby. You know what I mean? Derbies don't yeah. get any bigger than that. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. yeah, and basically, it's turned out to be the winning goal as well. So you know what I mean? To yeah. score the winning goal in a local derby like that, it, yeah. I don't know. If you didn't celebrate, you'd have got to stick off the thousands of fans yeah, who stood yeah, behind the other goal. So you know, yeah, you can't totally. really win from anybody because no, I yeah, I, I just find it, I just find it outrageous, yeah. really, that people. You know what I mean? If you'd have played for Middlesbrough, and you're a Middlesbrough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm just. I'm, yeah. I'm playing probably devil, devil, devil's advocate here, but I just think it's yeah. looking back and it's all those years ago. You know what I mean? Basically, that was. Sorry, long story short, that was a goal what relegated Middlesbrough. Um, yeah. Brutal. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, brutal yeah. from the Middlesbrough boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if, yeah. if Daz didn't score it, someone else would have scored it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and I think, I think obviously after that, you know, I've had a lot, a lot of stick, and you know. I, um, you know, the fans was used to go out, stand outside my house and, and and chant early hours of the morning when they knew I had to be up for a game and stuff like that. But there was this one morning I came out and I I had a sponsored car at the time because obviously I hadn't been at the club that long. Um, so they gave me a sponsored car and I come out, you know, and you think all your windows are like really squeaky clean. Mm. But that wasn't the case. Well, they just smashed all the windows in my car. Just gone. And I just didn't have a car. I didn't have a window Jeez. in my car. But it, it was mental. And then yeah. come... Come like New Year, you know. I was go. I went out with family, um, and we were out in out in the pub in Middlesbrough. And um, my brother was out with me, and my brother had shaved his hair off for some some sort of charity thing that he was doing at work. And this guy was stood next to me at the bar, and he said, "Oh, he said, oh, you're Darren Williams, aren't you?" I said, "No, mate, no." I said, "No." Mm-hmm. I said, "Everyone keeps saying that." I said, "I don't know why they keep saying that." And then my brother, my brother came up and went, "Daz, what do you want to drink?" I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> So at that point, it just all booted off in this pub, and and to be fair, my brother, my brother had his cheekbone broken, and and but the the weirdest thing is, I'd been given a riot number, like a riot van number. So on my mobile, I had this like on speed dial, I had this number, and I dialed it, and outside it was like the Sweeney, there was just cop vans <laughs> and all sorts all over the place, and and they come in for me and took me outside, and I was like, what, like what? And then they said, right, we're going to take you back inside, and you're going to pick out the bloke. I went, I'm not like. <laughs> I was like, I know where am I going back in there? I said, no, we'll take you in. You'll just pick him out. I went, no, I said, I don't no, want to do that. Right. You, you just put yourself in a worse position. Do you know what and I mean? This is, and, 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 and this is the thing, Sai, you know what I mean, that, that, that we're talking about, you know what I mean? Like, like We laugh and we joke and, and, and every time the goal is, is so many years to the day and, and I put it yeah. on social media and me and Daz have a little bit of fun about it. That's how serious people took it at the time because... Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just a game, and you know what I mean. And and, yeah. and I know, always selling tickets at that bit yeah, too personally. I know, I know, I know, we, too I know we're disappointed. I know we're disappointed that, that that we lose games and we, um, or we get relegated and we, and we get we, something happens in in, in big big occasions. But end of the day, it's just a game, and yeah, I wanted to win that game more than anybody, and I wanted the club to stay yeah, exactly. more than anybody because that way yeah. that, that football club could have won the Premier League in three years if if Brand Robson had got the players that he was wanted to get. What was yeah. rumored to be coming? So, you know what I mean. It's, yeah, it's just totally. it's one of those things, and if anyone was going to score that goal, it was I'm pleased that me that me friended me friended done it. So it was a yeah. it was a it <laughs> yeah. was a bit a bit of sweet moment really for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. One of them, isn't it? Uh, Steve yeah. Owens asks. Uh, he says, "Daz, what are you doing Saturday mornings? We have a problem <laughs> with defensive discipline <laughs> at Middlesbrough over forties. He's top lad, Stevie. Stevie's a top lad. Daz, Daz obviously has grown up with Stevie as well, so knows yeah, that, I know knows Stevie, Stevie really yeah. well and. Uh, Obviously, moving on, Jazz, I'd like to talk to you about, because I know obviously your, 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 your time and you've, got, you've only got to do another 15 minutes or so. Um, I want to talk about your, your time as a manager, because uh, I've got some yeah. uh, I've got some questions um, yeah. from, okay. obviously, a good good friend of yours. Um, yes. Uh, somebody who was at the club at Whippy Town when you were there. Obviously, long story short, wasn't it, that you got offered the job as a joint manager with uh, David Campbell? Um, yeah. Once... Um, 
Uh, obviously, the manager had left. Um, yes. So, basically, uh, Paul Connolly has asked, uh, is Darren looking for a, a return to management? And if so, what level or what kind of project are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously, I, I, lo- I love my time at Whitby. You know, it was great. Um, I love managing, you know, at that level. I mean, obviously, you know, generally, you know, you, you want to try and be, you know, in a professional club, you know, managing or coaching at some point um, throughout your career. Um, but, yeah, you know, from from the level of Whitby, you know, it was fantastic. It was some great games. You know, we had obviously great players, obviously, you know, including yourself, Andy, and, you know, and the, the team that we built um, kind of at Whitby, you know, was fantastic. And we probably underachieved for, you know, for, for where we were, really, and where we finished. Um, but I loved it. You know, I, I, I just think, you know, yeah, I am, you know, I am chomping at the bit to get back in. But, you know, I want to get back in, at, you know, at the, at the right right club really because I've, I've done it at a couple of other clubs and it just hasn't felt right and just hasn't been right um you know because sometimes people tell you tell you kind of what you want to hear until you get into the job and then mm. obviously says tell you you can't do that now so you know i want to be in at the right level in the right club um so uh, is that what you tried to instill in a uh, whippy was that um like a professionalism and, and that professional attitude for, towards the staff and towards the players so everybody was pushing in the same direction yeah, pretty much, and you know, I think obviously, you know, first and foremost, I think we needed to try and get, try and look professional, you know, because I think you know when we first went there, there you know, there, there was not a lot of a lot of gear, you know, there wasn't you know the training kits and the, you know, and the tracksuits and stuff like that that you know we managed to we managed to do and managed to get, you know, obviously with the help of obviously everybody at the club, and I think you know I think if you as a player if if you if you dress right if you're in the right gear, you know if you're turning up, you know that's that's half the battle because. You know, sometimes you can turn up a bit like, rag, you know, rag-ass rovers, really, and it just, you know, you just don't feel right, and, and the club doesn't feel right. But I think to get it in a professional sense, uh, you know, even if it's semi-pro, then you know, yeah, it's it's half the battle. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. So uh, he's followed on. He said, uh, "Could you give us a quick insight on uh, your final few months at Whitby? What do you feel? What went wrong in that spell leading up to to it? And would you have done anything differently?" I don't think I would have because, to be quite honest, mate. I mean, we we were in games and we were absolutely battering teams. We just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net at the end of the day. And, and it, you you know you know you, you know how it goes. You know, to, to your scenario, you're playing extremely well. Ninety third minutes, they go down the other end of the, the pitch, cross a ball, and, and they end up you know scuffing it in the net or something. You know, and, it, and you all you, you look back on the game and you think you know we dominated that game, but because we just didn't finish our chances and put our chances away then then you know it, it was you're always an uphill battle you know you're always you're always open to get caught at the other end and you know unfortunately we did on, on a few occasions and you know which really sailed off the at the end so how important then was uh, obviously a, a good friend of ours a uh, fellow director at black diamond sports jamie clark so jamie just texted me there and just said uh, tell him i saved his job yeah do you know what when, when, I, when i first took the first year obviously um, you know, Whitby was struggling. I think we were 13 points adrift at the bottom of the league or something. Um, and then we went on a you know a phenomenal run. And I remember Jamie obviously scoring it. And he scored a couple down at um, where we were. We were weird. just we had books in the last game and we had Matlock. Yeah, books in the last game. Matlock, yeah. yeah, and Matlock just before that. But we were heading down to Matlock, and I think the game the game got cancelled and then it got rearranged for the next day because it had to be played on before the Saturday. So we only had the Thursday to play it, so we ended up going to Matlock and Buxton within a matter of a couple of days and you know obviously Jamie, Jamie was a, t- a bit of a turn point in that game because he got us a couple of goals but we ended up I think we ended up winning 4-2 I think and then we went to Buxton last game of the season and won 1-0 which was a 
you know, was a was a fantastic scenes at the end of it. To be quite honest, because you know, I know we didn't, you know, you don't take thousands of fans with Whitby, but the the ones we took down were were absolutely buzzing over it. Well, that was uh, that was Paul's final question there about what was the secrets behind the Great Escape, and um, obviously when you did it, what was the what, what inspired what inspired that to happen? Because it's not just luck, is it? You know what I mean? You you speak about moments in seasons, moments in you know what I mean. But obviously, you picked the right tactics, you picked the right formation, you went there with a with a philosophy, you went there with a game plan, and that's down to you as a manager to implement yeah. that with the team. So what? How did how did that feel? And what was that? Was that was that one of the proudest moments as a as a manager? It was yeah, it was a you know really proud moment for me as a manager. You know, and obviously, you know, getting involved in the club was you know was massive. You know. I, even when I played there, so short time as a player, you know, you just the club felt like it felt there were so many nice people there, you know. And you wanted to, you wanted to do this, you know, for for those guys who turned up week in week out, and and yeah, you know, I, I looked at the squad, and unfortunately, you know, some of the guys weren't kind of ready for that level of football. You know, some were quite young guys, so obviously, you know, you then look back and you think, right, who, who can I bring in? You know, who, where's my experience going to come from? You know, can I, you know, and, and it's like it's like putting a puzzle together in a sense. And I always said this, you know, with Peter Reid and Bobby Saxon, you, you find the right pieces, you know, even if, you know, even if they're not as, you know, multi-million pound signings, you know, that you find the right pieces that fit the jigsaw. Um, and I think we put, you know, a bit of a jigsaw together. Uh, we, you know, we made the lads feel, you know, a bit special with the gear and stuff and, and this, that and the other. You know, training. You know, we were, we were not. I wouldn't say we were flexible, but you know, we understood that if we'd had a, a really competitive month, that you know, some guys needed a bit of a rest. You know, like the guys up in, in Newcastle. Um, you know, they travel a long way to come down to train. You know, after work and stuff. So you know, you kind of look after it. And I think it's man managing people. And I think if you can man manage players, and 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 you know, they have the respect for you, then you know, you you half half your battles in, and obviously, I, you know, I kind of I kind of took the field myself, you know, at that time as well, because obviously I was still still fit and still playing, and unlike now. <laughs> well, Sai, we spoke, haven't we, on the, mainly on the Friday show about um, a similar similar thing. Sai mm. Sai loves my terminology about uh, round pegs and square holes, and uh, you know oh, what yeah. I mean. It's just it, that's part of the part of the battle, isn't it? You know what I mean. Some managers fall into a trap of just thinking, right, my best team is my best players. You know what I mean? It's not about yeah. that. It's about putting the no. right players in the right position. And you spoke about there about some players weren't ready, but if they are ready, you play them. And be, yeah. it doesn't matter how old they are. You know what I mean? It doesn't no. matter if somebody better comes back from an injury. If they're playing well and they deserve to play, yeah. managers will play them. You know what I mean? And Probably I just think it's, yeah, s- totally. it's, it's some some managers. Yeah, sorry, yeah, so. sorry, sorry, some <laughs> managers. Yeah. But that's that's how does does play. That's how I play. That's how people. Yeah. Got an opportunity in football because let's be honest, young players at that yeah. time they were, they were ten to a penny. You know the experienced yeah, players always played, but you know I mean they didn't always play. If you were good enough, you would play in yeah. the right position. Totally, spot on, mate. Totally. I um, yeah, I think we've talked about that a lot on the championship show. Of me, mate, is the playing the players you've got rather than the formation you want to play. Pick from the squad you've got. Um, yeah. Stuart Campbell says, do you think you were born competitive or were you made competitive? <laughs> Listen, that is the most serious question he's ever, do, he's ever put in. <laughs> I don't, spot on. I, the, the one thing, I, do, the one thing I, I don't think you can put into players is, is a competitive side. I think you either have it or you don't have it. You know, I, I've, I, you know I've, tried, I've tried over the years with, with different players to try and put a, a more competitive side in, in, you know, to try and make... But I just don't think you can. I think you can coach players to be better, 
Um, but I think you've got to have that will. You know, you've got to have that willingness to to, run, to you know to run through big walls. That willingness that you don't want to lose. You know, that desire not to lose the ball. The desire not to to lose a game. I think if you've got it, you've got it. If you haven't, then it's very. I don't think as a coach you can put that into somebody. I totally agree. As you just spoke there about man, man, man management, and you spoke about Peter Reid and Bobby Sexton and um, and Kevin Ball. You know what I mean? Peter Reid wanted needed to shout and 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 get Kevin Ball up for a game. And no. Daz, when you're a manager and you and I'll use him as an example because he, he's just came to my head there. Charlie Raby, for example. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. start shouting at someone like Charlie as a young boy. Yeah. He's going to crumble and he and he won't want to play. You know what I mean? You've got yeah, to put totally, your hands yeah. on certain people and you've yeah. got to be you've got to be nicey nicey because man management is the key of football. And yeah, it's the key of football it, yeah. at all levels. Yes, yeah. professional managers get to do it on a on a seven day a week basis. Yeah, um, three hundred sixty five days a year. But when you're a semi professional football manager, you get less time, but you've still got to do it to the T. Yeah, and if you're not careful, totally, yeah. you lose a player because people will just yeah. go and leave and go somewhere else on a on a drop yeah. of a hat and leave you in a right Spot mess. On. Totally. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think I think manage- I think good managers suss out the players, like Andy says, suss out the players who you need to give a cuddle, suss out the players that you know you can absolutely railroad. You know, and, and if you if you man manage players, fun, by the way, it's fun. That it's that's fun as well. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally, but if you do that, you know it's, it's a great part of the job. Yeah, I agree. Fact is, just footballers are no different to other human beings in every job and in every industry. Everybody's different. Everybody totally. needs to be motivated in a different way, looked after in a different way. They respond to different things, and I think the most successful managers over time are the ones who can adapt to different personalities. Look at you know yep. you only have to look at Fergie managed Eric Cantona managed Ronaldo players who were got not necessarily difficult in terms of causing a problem in training and things like that but difficult to kind of rein in at the right time and get them playing and I think but any then, manager say, on, on that though what happened when he when he shouted at David Beckham. He shouted at David Beckham. He gave him the hairdryer. A, 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 a boot went a boot went flying. He leaves and he goes to Real Madrid. So Man United lost. Yeah. Him the best number seven they've Spot had for a, a long time mm. because he handled that situation in yeah. in many many opinions wrong at that time. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas if he'd uh, handled it differently and put his arm around him and said, come on, Bex, you're better than that. Look, why didn't you try this or that? You know what I mean? But at the time, the hair-dried treatment came out and and listen, and then they're going to replace him with a better number seven. So listen, yeah. heavy cloud. <laughs> yeah. Kelly says she just throws stress balls at her staff. You know, whatever works, I suppose, isn't it? Whatever works. Uh, Martin Mulcaster says, you can't beat a good railroad, can you, Andy Campbell? No, um, and, I t- so, and, I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you that. So I uh, I obviously, on this, on this one, so Martin is obviously a good friend of mine. Martin was my coach when I was, uh, I'd just turned 40. I was still playing for Stokesy for Steve Todd. Um, and uh, we, I think we were playing a team in Redcar. Um, it was a cup game, it was a quarter final and, Lads were coming off because they'd, they'd been on the drink the night before, and you know, I mean, there's me, forty-year-old, running about for ninety minutes. You know what I mean? I was, I'd, I'd, I'd covered every inch of the, every inch of the pitch. I was absolutely shattered. Finished the game, got big, got knocked out of the cup. I'm laid there on the floor, absolutely shattered, very disappointed. Martin's had his, had his go, which was quite, um, quite calm. I've had a go, and I could see him. He hadn't finished, by the way. I could see him. He's ready to blow now. So I've, I've just gone back over to him and let him, let him take over. And it was probably the. The proudest moment I've had just to let someone just 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 let all their anger out in one go. It's like he yeah. he must have he must have lost about seven stone of anger in, in about thirty five <laughs> seconds. It was absolutely amazing, amazing. But listen, what gets said in the changing room or 
on that pitch or within those group of players yeah. stays with those group of players. And if if you're whatever level you're at and whatever age you're at, if you take things personally, a personal, um, then football maybe isn't for you because part, part and parcel of football. You know what I mean? We, you can't all be well done. You played yes. brilliant, even though you got beat five 0 doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's be yeah, yeah, let's be honest. You know, yeah. let's let's be all professional. Or even if you're semi-professional, yeah. or you're or you're a pub player, or or you're playing with your mates, just, you still want to win, and you still want to be the best you can be. So just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. You just got to leave it, haven't you? After that, you know, once the game's done, the game's done, and you kind of anything which was said, which might be kind of you know at each other, it's just left at that, and then you can move on and. Prepare for the next game. We'll look at what you need to improve from the previous game. Do we want to uh, get one, oh, more, one more question for Daz before he's yeah, going to leave? Yeah. So. There's one just uh, so at, the, at the bottom. Paul Connolly says, uh, outside of Buxton uh, Matlock, Daz, what was your favourite uh, match or matches in charge at Whitby? Uh, you're looking very well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just, I'll just, I'll just scroll the group chat just, 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 just to see it says that me and Sai are looking well as well. <laughs> we always, we always, we always get that. Um, yeah. Thanks, I, thanks, Paul. I, I would say one of the biggest, one of the biggest games, and well, probably two of the biggest games against both uh, teams were FC United away and FC United at home. Um, we, you know, they were always fantastic footballing games, but you know, we we went there, we went away to to FC. Uh, you know, we kind of passed them off the park. Um, you know, and I'll always remember that again. You know, they they had a you know a decent following. I think they had about three thousand at Ormish, something like that. You know, and, and our lads got a standing evasion from coming off the pitch because we you know was that we at absolutely Berry, boffed them. Was that Berry? Yeah, it was at Berry. Yeah, it was at Berry, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, and we absolutely bopped them off the pitch. And then we played them again later in the season at home, and you know, and, and we beat them again. It was a bit more of a scrappy game because um, we we took a lot of a lot of water on the pitch, so it became a bit more of a, of a scrap. But down at Berry, I mean, the pitch was perfect. Um, but our, you know, our guys moved the ball extremely well. Um, you know, and, and like I say, to, become, to come away from a place like that and get you know get a standing ovation, you know, like I've said before in, in my career, you know, was was fantastic for the lads. But does as well on top of that though that, that they had a massive budget, they had a big following. You know what I mean? You just said yeah. there, three thousand fans at home, which which generates its own income straight away. And yeah, they course, always yeah. took they always took about seven hundred to a thousand to every away game. Yeah. Whitby, they loved it because they could stay over for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, uh, it was always a nice game every time I played against them. You know what I mean? They had a good manager in place at the time, and it was it was yeah. always a nice club to play against. It wasn't a an intimidating place to go. It was always enjoyable. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, it was. A good club, really good club. Yeah, really good and you club. knew you were going to get a, a decent football game that was end to end. You know, yeah. as long as as long as you play decent football, they they you know they that's how they set out. And and to be fair, we set out that day the same. And, and you know, to be fair, we we were the better side and, and fair yeah. play. You know, even Carl Margerson, the manager at the time, he came over and you know shook our hands. Nice you know, you were you know extremely good today. And you know, it's it's always nice to be here as, as a manager. But you know, it's, it's for those players. Coming off, you know, getting a standing evasion, you know, it's 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 extra special for them. Yeah, he's a t- he's a top manager, though, isn't he? And when you and when you do that, and when you uh, when you play against those, it's, it's mutual respect. You know what I mean? At every, yeah, any totally. level, it's, but it's, it's nice yeah. to get it. It's nice to get it for someone like him because he's yeah. he's brought the club um, to to an unbelievable level, which is oh which god, is, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, great, like totally. great, great. But Daz, listen, thanks yeah. for your time, mate. It's been an unbelievable no show again. Some of the questions, no. the comments, uh, just it's a credit to you. You know, I said at the start, or oh, I said it halfway through, I think that. I don't think you realise sometimes how much um, that you've achieved, uh, some of the things you've done in your career, some of the players you've played with, played against. But uh, for your country, we haven't even touched on playing for your country, which is another unbelievable achievement in itself. But you should be yeah. 
should be extremely proud, mate, and uh, and uh, it's a it's a pleasure for me to call you a friend uh, and a team, mate, and just absolutely fantastic, mate. No, thanks very much. Appreciate you having me on the show, and obviously, like you say, you know, mate, mate forever, mate. You know, even regardless of what went on at uh, Riverside. Top <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, right, I've never held I've never held a grudge, by the way. I always, I like it. I like it. It's, it's been that. Yeah, it's like, great, if, it, if it was the other way around, yeah, he wouldn't have sport to me. Yeah, I'm, I don't forget. <laughs> I remember when you scored against us as well, mate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No worries. Right, cheers, mate. Guys, cheers, Darren. Thank you, mate. Thanks care. for your time, buddy. Cheers later. Bye bye. Okay. So. I love that. Um, I love that. Just before we finish off, then we're going to finish off with a, a, a free-for-all of questions. We'll do some any other business. Uh, we'll give us another sort of 15, 20 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but just before we do that, a very quick, a quick word from our sponsors, Bespoke Financial. And a big thank you to them as ever. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Yeah, Bespoke Financial, we thank them for sponsoring the show and all their support around the show. Uh, of course, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, Darren Ralston is giving away a free will <laughs> worth £140 uh, with any new policy which is taken out. So check him out, give him a call, uh, check out their amazing offer because they are top, top quality uh, with award-winning service. So check them out and tell them that we sent you to come and check out their services. So, Andy Campbell, we did not do any other business at the start of the show. No. Um, so, I'll let you go first, and uh, let's get stuck into some football is stories. That, is that while you think of yours? Yeah, I still can't decide. <laughs> right, listen, I'm going, to, um, I'm going to talk about something which um, I got a little bit of stick over the weekend on social media about, no. uh, about something. I know. Uh, just, I can't I imagine that. I was very disappointed. Um, obviously, something happened over the weekend in the Middlesbrough game. Um, I'm not sure if everybody saw it, but um, um, t- Mr. Tavernier took a penalty uh, against Norwich City um, and unfortunately kicked it twice. Mm. Uh, the ball went in, so the referee cancelled the goal. And in my opinion, rightly so. Um, in many supporters' opinion, the goal should have been given. Um, and then, obviously, the day after, it was Fulham against Everton. Um, Cavallo double double kicked it again. This time the ball went over the bar. Referee obviously would have given a a, a, a free kick, I'm guessing, but obviously give a goal kick. And um, obviously to, to happen twice over a weekend is is very surreal, uh, which is very yeah, strange. It's nice, it's a weird. long time. I reminded uh, quite a lot of Middlesbrough fans side that uh, when Middlesbrough won the Carling Cup at the Millennium Stadium, that um, that Middlesbrough scored one which shouldn't have counted when Bolo's end and kicked it. Uh, from one foot to the other in a ma- in a major cup final, so you know what I mean. Sometimes it it evens itself out over a lifetime, and and for me, I know Middlesbrough fans were very disappointed with the, with the way the referee handled things during the game, 
But in that moment, for me, in my opinion, I think he got that decision spot on. I thought he, I thought it was fair. If that was the other way around, I'd expect it to be to be cancelled as well. So I just, I don't know. You know, what I mean, it's it's a difficult one. And people were saying to me, "I'm not a Middlesbrough fan. I'm a Cardiff fan. I'm a football fan. I am a Middlesbrough fan. Mm. I am a Cardiff fan." But and I want things to be fair. I don't want to get a uh, a goal which shouldn't be given. Snidey. I don't want to. Yeah, listen. If 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 Diego, Diego Maradona was English and he scored his handball, I wouldn't be wouldn't be singing about it. Well, Craig Sullivan it be a goal. did it. Um, just said, David, didn't David Beckham do one? I think it was against Argentina, wasn't it? Apparently in the World Cup or something like that. He did like a double kick slip. Um, but the thing is, I made it's not a goal, is it? Like that's just it should be should rightly be disallowed. Like if it's kicked twice, it's got to be done. Um, I just think, yeah, I'm not having it at all. I just think there's no um, nothing you can do about it. You know, it's uh, if you kick it twice, it's not a goal, whether it's accidental or not. Um, I, following on from the penalties, I saw Ian Wright said uh, on match of the day, I believe, that he thinks the uh, the style of penalty which uh, Fernandez and Jorginho use, where they kind of stutter up and then they do like a jump, don't they, as they as they hit the ball, they he said that he thinks they should be banned outright, and you should have to just run up and take it. No, uh, no kind no, of stuff. No yeah. Well, do you remember? Do you remember John Aldridge years ago? John Aldridge started it. John Aldridge used to run up to it. He used to stop, um, and, he, and he he got away with it every time, apart from once when um, when he he completely stopped. You know what I mean? And for me. Lyle Taylor, um, you've got uh, Paul Pogba's done it, you've got obviously Fernandez, you've got other players. Georgina, who run up, they run up straight to the ball, uh, run up really slow, jumps in the air because you can't, that's still a moment, that's still, that's, he's still moving, you know what I mean? For me, it's a still moving, I don't think you can have a problem with it. For me, it's, it's running up to the ball, it's stopping still, letting the goalkeeper dive and then doing it, I, I think is, is, is different um, and, and shouldn't be allowed, but I think... I think in in terms of players and Cavalio, Tavani at the weekend, that, that they're trying to wallop the ball as hard as they can, so they're slipping because the the, the, the foot's going and it's, mm. you know, what I mean, I don't know. People are complaining that he should, the, the both players shouldn't have taken it. You know, the problems that Fulham have had this season with penalties um, over the last couple of weeks is, uh, is yeah, Jesus is, Christ, is, is, yeah, is, is, is terrible. Speaking of nightmare penalties, mate, did you see the one uh, the Orlando City thing? Reese has just said about it on the YouTube chat. Um, so Orlando City were in a penalty shootout. Uh, I forget who it was against. And I've seen it. Their, their keeper was already on a booking, and um, the penalty shoot has gone, and, and he saves a penalty, but he comes off his line. The keeper gets a second yellow card for coming off his Millimeters. line. Millimeters. In the, in, the, in the shootout, gets sent off. So they line up a, a new keeper to come on off the bench. Referee says, you're not allowed to make any substitutions because the game's over. So they have to put a player in goal for the shootout, and I think the player then went on and uh, saved, saved it and won the game. Like, but I didn't oh. even know you could still have players sent off in a penalty shootout. To be that honest, was, it was comical was because there was, there, was, there, was, there was there was loads of events with that. So what happened was obviously the goalkeeper had saved the penalty. Mm. Um, the manager had ran down the tunnel, <laughs> thought they'd, thought they'd won, so he, yeah, he was, he, he was, was away. Over. He was away. The goalkeeper got sent off. They brought a sub on. The goalkeeper stood in the goal, and the sub goalkeeper stood in the goal. He's then obviously being replaced um, by a, by a player. The goalkeeper saved the penalty. The ref told the team who the the the, the outfield player saved the penalty. They he was told that they'd won the game. So they all celebrated. 
But then they had to score a penalty to win the game as well. It was just an absolute disgraceful shambles. Old thing after shambles, mate. Just a disgraceful That's a shambles, shot, but, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. It was a mess. Let's just say that. But um, so my uh, my any other business is it's not from the Premier League. It's not from the Championship. Not from America. It's from Spain. Um, oh, I've forgotten his name. Not Spain at all. Um, Nicolas Pepe of um, Arsenal sent off for headbutting Leeds defender uh, Arioski in a fiery nil-nil draw between Arsenal and um, Ellen Road. What did you make of that? Did you think it warranted a red card? Would you be fuming as Mikhail Arteta was with his player? Um, I, I would have been fuming... If he hadn't got sent off, I would have, I would have been fuming with him. His reaction—he was off the ball, wasn't it? Yeah, he he'd kick, he'd, 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 he pushed the lad in the in the first place, um, and then the feud carried on. So he, he kicked out again, um, and then obviously the player turned and, and and pushed him. So then he then he headbutted him or used his head to push him away. Mm. You know what I mean? So for me, it could have been any of the three occasions he could have been sent off, and he got away with the first one. He got away with the second one. For me, I also blame the rest of the team. So. If if someone saw the first one, you grab him away and get him away because you know yeah. that he's going to react. He's going to carry on reacting because you know that the, 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 the Leeds United player has got him now. Yeah, he's, he's gone down, away. haven't he? The, he's gone away once, and, uh... and he knows exactly that he's going to get sent off if he's not careful. And for me, somebody should have taken him away from the situation, calmed him down, and and then the manager could have brought him off, and and it, and it would have been a little bit better. And luckily enough for Arsenal and for Pepe. It didn't cost him with the result. Could have cost him though, couldn't it? Because he was obviously he was nil nil, very yeah. close game. I just I don't know what these players are doing half time. Really pathetic. No, I, I, listen, uh, sir. These it's a three game ban. You know what I mean? I just don't understand it. You know what I mean? He's not he's not a player who who's a, who's a dirty player. He's not a player who reacts to those kind of things. No. And, and I just I just find it just astounding, really, that Arsenal need the best players. They're not inundated at the minute with, with a massive squad and. Um, and you know, he's, a, he's a huge player for Arsenal this season. Massive and he's, and, he, and, he's had, and he's had a good season as well, so I don't, has, yeah. I don't see why he's ruined it. You know what I mean? He's been a really Got good really player frustrated since, since that not a lot. And, Yeah, I, I, I'm disappointed more for, more for him that, you know what I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll make a mistake and hopefully he doesn't, doesn't make the same one again. We've all yeah, been so, there. We've all uh, been there. So, guys, free-for-all in questions. You can ask anything you want, whatever. Uh, Reese says, is Super Kev unscripted tomorrow? Yes, it is. 7.30 live. Should be good. The first one was very entertaining. We talked about all sorts of random stuff. Uh, there was another question somewhere. Where's it gone? Uh, Garen Cole says, "Andy, the Cardiff, uh, the city shirt behind you uh, that you've got framed. What is so special about it?" That's my hat trick shirt um, from the old Athletic game. Obviously, the the pie. Biggest, yeah, biggest, biggest victory in my career uh, during a game. Yeah, the pie. And if, uh, if I can, where's the? If I move that there, where is it? Oh, so there's the match yeah, ball. There's the ball. There's what the match guy. ball, and just next to it as well. There's my, there's the the replicated boots from uh, from the Millennium Stadium as well. So uh, big moments and, and things that for me, which I cherish massively and I, I appreciate. And when I was talking to Daz there about, um, you don't realise, but until you have a conversation with somebody about football, and and mm. and, and I, I look at. Uh, trophies. I look at things, and I look at old videos, DVDs, and, and things what people put on social media, and 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 just appreciate what I've done in my life and what I've done in my career. Because the things what people can't take away, and obviously the shirt behind me is is a moment in my career which 
You know, I mean, it's not every day, not every day that you get thrown a, a pie hitter in the first year in a game. <laughs> yeah, spot on, mate. <laughs> have you got anything from the Millennium Stadium game? Um, I've, got, I've got my football boots, which have never been worn since. Excellent. Uh, Sam got me. Sammy, Sam got me the same boots, moulded in gold, which I've still Did got you? as well. Yeah, Amazing! You have to show us that one week. I have I've to get them. it out. And, uh, yeah, they're just they're just in, they're just in here. So yeah, you have to get your camera. You have to get your camera, and we'll yeah. do a little uh, little video of Andy Campbell's memorabilia. Um, what did you used to? Were you one for like swapping shirts with players after the game and stuff like that? We, well, in Middlesbrough, we weren't allowed. Brian Robson was quite against it. He, he saw it as disrespectful to Middlesbrough's fans and, and things, and he'd never done it apart from international level. Um, mm. So we, we we didn't do it, which which was fine. Everyone for me, does you know? it I mean, I these days, don't they? Um, do it, and I would have liked to looking back some of the. Some of the world class players oh, I've played, God, I would yeah. like to do it. Everyone does it these days, don't they? Like every game, they uh, they swap shirts seemingly. But yeah, I mean, some of the players you played against in the over the years, mate, you've had some cracking shirts. Is there um, like one player where which you've met over the years, like through your career, during your career, where you were a bit starstruck? I missed that. I can't. I couldn't hear that bit. That, um, that bit. Say that again. Was there ever a player which you like played against or you know in the same squad or whatever where you were starstruck? Biggest player you have ever met, I guess. Miss that again. Biggest player you've ever Bloody met. Yeah. Let me uh, say that again. So I see if I can hear now. Biggest player you've ever met, starstruck. Let me log. No, I'll just he's be, gone. be one second. I'll log out. Log back yeah, in. Yeah, right, buddy. Uh, right, guys, send us uh, send us some questions and to finish us off, we're going to finish off. But um, in the meantime. Let me tell you about what's happening tomorrow. Tomorrow is uh, Super Kev Unscripted, episode number two. We are going to be live at 7.30. Me and former Cardiff City legend Kev McNaughton, we're going to crack open the red wine and we are going to talk about whatever comes up. We've had a few subjects sent in already, a few recommendations for the top ten list. So we've got that to go with. And um, Of course, we have the Mental Health and Sports Show on Sunday. <coughs> And um, a few other bits and bobs. Mr. Campbell, can you hear me? Yes. Excellent. So I was asking you, was there ever a player you were kind of starstruck by? Or, like, who's the biggest player you ever met through your footballing career? Um, probably a, a, a big moment for me was uh, we played at Man United at Old Trafford. Um, obviously, Dad spoke there about, about playing at that Theatre of Dreams. It was unbelievable. We played... Um, we played Man United this this one Saturday afternoon and we, we were doing all right. We were drawing nil-nil. I was having a good game. I was playing left midfield against David Beckham. David Beckham was on the right. Um, Gary Neville was marking me and and I was doubling up basically as a, as a, as a second full-back just to stop David Beckham getting the ball. But um, long story short, last minute, uh, he got the ball. He, he cut inside, unleashed a, unleashed a decent shot, which ended up in the in the bottom bottom corner, we, we got beat 1-0. Um, obviously very disappointed. We went, um, went in the bar after the game. We sat and with our group and David Beckham asked me to go over um, and sit with him and um, his girlfriend at the time, which was obviously a Spice Girl. Uh, he bought me a drink and just told me how well I played and told me that to keep going, that, he'd, that he found the game very difficult and I defended really well and gave me some advice what to do with the other side, which was great, you know what I mean? Because obviously I didn't really play an attacking game. I was, I was doing the job for the team, which was, which was, which was good in, if we'd have got a result, but it was frustrating as well because I was so tired. I'd done loads of miles. Um, during that game, but it was nice to be told by somebody who knows football that that I'd played well and mm. done something done something really good. And 
just that he took a time to tell you, mate, as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't that's have right. to do that, like, really. And that's respect side for me, you know. It's mm. happened a couple of times that you have a... It's, it's a mutual respect about people that, you know what I mean? He didn't have to, 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 to have a conversation with me. I've, I've, Neil Ruddock's done the same thing to me when I made my debut um, at Anfield. And, and it's just an unbelievable feeling that people appreciate because they don't have to say it. You know what I mean? They can just think, oh, there's another young player. There'll be another one next mm. week and yeah. they can just move on, you know. But with you being English, I think David saw hopefully some potential which uh, might have helped within the national team, hopefully, moving forward, which obviously didn't happen, but it was nice to uh, nice to know. Well, mate. Uh, Kay Child says, uh, Andy, what happened with Mar- uh, Marinelli at Borough and uh, why did he never really make it? Oh, listen. Um, Carlos Marinelli was probably one of the best players I've uh, I'd played with. Um, technically, he was he was like Lionel Messi. He uh, he was the same snatcher, left footed Argentinian. Um, he came from Boca Juniors as a as a seventeen year old, I think. Um, I played a few reserve games with him. One one in particular, we played at the Reebok Stadium against Bolton Wanderers, and um, he played just behind me. I was playing I was playing right on the shoulder. He played as number ten and. He set my three mm. goals up every time. I, every time I ran, he picked me out with the pass. His passing was just outrageous that day, and it was it was a joy to play with. He played a few games for the first team, but then all of a sudden, just he just I don't know if it was homesick. I don't know if it was just a an attitude or he wanted to move away. He wanted to go to a different club, but for some reason, it just didn't end up happening. And it was such a shame because, and you see a lot of players of of not probably that ability, but a lot of players who come and go in football. But he mm. was. He was, uh, he was very special. Yeah, he was excellent, and it was such a shame that he didn't, he didn't become world class because he, he had the potential to go that far. Were you, um, were you a Cardiff when Leon, uh, Leon Jean Jan was there? Yeah, How well, good um, was he? I joined, I joined as, as all Leon's problems were beginning. I think, um, mm. and uh, the day, I, the day I signed, Leon signed a new four-year deal. Uh, which was great because obviously I, got, I, I was in the same um, canteen as he was. He just signed his deal and, and things, and he was getting um, his fitness tests. He was getting drug tested and things, which obviously didn't and end up going down the right path. Mm. Um, but listen, he was he was very special. He was going to be the next big thing out of Wales. He had um, football was the only thing what was saving him though, unfortunately, and um, with a with a, a bad background and. Um, and probably bad people advising him and, and, and friends around him. He was he was he, he unfortunately went down the wrong path. And when I'm on about talent, though, and I'm on about ability and raw ability and pace and power. This kid had a lot. He had a lot. And I think he'd been to QPR and, uh, and came mm. back to Cardiff. And he was he was extra talented. And uh, I'd, I'd played a reserve game with him just to get some fitness up. And he was just different class. He was really really good. Really really strong. And football looked easy for him. And, and you could see that he was going to be a, he was going to be an extra talent. And Obviously, the way it finished for him, the way the way that his life's gone is is just yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking really because uh, someone yeah. who has so much talent, you know what I mean? It's it's wasted because people would give the left leg to be a footballer um, at times and, and give and give anything to, to do it, and you know what I mean? He had it in his hands and basically give it away. Yeah, sort of player people pay to watch as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that he, he, pace, like, like Reese said there, pace, power, flair. Everything. He had, he had, he had you on the edge of your seat. And players. So he, he when, when, when you watched him play, you would be in awe of what, what you watched. You thought, Jesus, how's he done that? How's he beaten yeah. seven, seven players? How's he? And then he's laughing and joking that he, and then do it again. He'd do it again and he'd do it again. He was very talented. Uh, Lee Jarman was another one who was very, very good and yeah. uh, never quite lived up. To the potential for one reason or another. Yeah. Um, Paul Connolly says uh, he got to hear the story about Hendon, 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 
Dinsford away with Bob Scaife at halftime. Andy Kenny Bolton mentioned it a while back. So you're gonna to have to fill us it for, for us not familiar. Fill us in from the so start. Bobby's a Bobby's a good friend of mine. Bobby uh, Bobby took over. This was Bobby's first time as a caretaker manager. Um, from I think Harry Dunn got the got the sack during the week. So Bobby took this game. It was an FA Trophy. So it was a huge game for the football club and Whitby at the time. So we went down to Hendersford. Um, Bobby was a manager. Uh, we were getting beat one 0 at half time. We weren't playing very well. Uh, we came in the change room expecting Bobby to um, to go nuts and to shout and scream like he uh, like he would as an assistant manager, uh, but he didn't. He came in, he stood in silence, and um, and then we were a little bit worried because this wasn't this wasn't his normal thing. Bobby then went in the showers um, where his clothes and everything were. He grabbed a sledgehammer out of his bag, stood in front of the players and threatened everybody with it. <laughs> and um, and then we went out in the second half and we won 2-1. And I scored, yeah, exactly. I scored, I think I scored the winning goal, I scored the equaliser, I scored one of the two. Um, mm. Didn't and, stop uh, running for the whole half. No, mate, I tell you, I was scared. I was, And I knew Bobby uh, and I was really scared. Um, I knew, I've known the family for years and... Um, and it was uh, it was scary stuff. Uh, and when the final whistle went, and um, and we were in the changing room again, and we were celebrating, Bobby got us all quiet. He went in the he went in the uh, in the showers again, got a sledgehammer out, showed everybody, give it a little bit of a kiss, and said, "Boys, it does work, doesn't it?" And then put it back, and then we all celebrated. And and it was just one of those uh, one of those moments in your life where you think, "Did that just happen?" Jesus, you know, I mean, that was was that out of character for him? Um. Like I mean, uh, well, in terms I'd, of like I'd, I'd, completely, I'd, I'd, I'd never seen it. I'd never, I'd never expected it. Um, this is an away game, by the way. So why mm. adding his bag is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, it, was it maybe, maybe it was planned? I don't know. I don't know if it was mm. going to be part of a part of a team talk, part of a like a, a joke or something. But it yeah. was. Um, it, it it turned into a, the best team talk I'd ever come across in my entire life, and it worked a treat because we won. Was he like won. an angry manager generally, like um, hair dryer and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. He was intimidating, but he was fair. And if you didn't do it, you would get it. But if you did yeah. do it, he'd be amazing with you, and he'd give you mm. all the, all the praise and all the credits in the world. And that was that was what you want. The thing is, if you're not doing your job or you're not performing, you've got to be told, haven't you? I guess, um, and that's what sometimes I think is lacking in today's um, day and age. Just before we wrap up, yeah, mate, so, I did I, want to ask you a question sorry, about so before, that. You, before you say that, though, so, so, so what we need to do, we need we need to see Jose with a sledgehammer on Sky Sports. Oh, mate, it would be phenomenal. <laughs> on that on that Spurs documentary, <laughs> him with a sledgehammer threatening... Uh, like Harry Kane. Harry Kane or Deli Ali or something. It'd be, yeah, it'd be phenomenal, that would. Um, so I did want to ask you, I, well, I know it's not a championship show, but as soon as we've got like, a bit of time, I want to ask you about Neil Harris's comments uh, over the weekend because, oh my days. Just uh, for anyone who doesn't know, and just to remind you, I'll, um, I'll give him a little, a little reread. Um, we've done research over the last couple of weeks on where we would be in the table based on chances created... Uh, Sorry, I got off it. Uh, expected based on expected goals, chances created or conceded. For every stat, we are in the top six, apart from our points total, and ultimately that's what matters. But I'm not one to hide behind stats. What the? Uh, mate, listen, what, what? What are we supposed to do with that? 
it's 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 I don't, I don't like it I don't like I don't like how, how it's come out it's 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 a it's like an arrogant statement for me um the stats which uh, which obviously I focused on in the championship show are things like uh, Cardiff City always go behind they're always chasing games that's a that's a fact by the way that's worrying a stat. stat that's, that's a fact worrying. that's a fact mm. um Cardiff City need to score two at least two goals two goals a game to win a football match that's a fact um Listen, is is that is that is that a talk of a of a manager who's under pressure? I think so a little bit. Um, do I hope he turns it around? Of course I do because he's got the players to turn it around. But like uh, Donna alluded to a little bit earlier on, um, have has he lost the dressing room a little bit? Has he has he has he lost the players? Um, mm. That will obviously come over time. And if the, if the club believes he has, then they'll have to look past his new and they'll have to look for somebody else because. I don't like. I don't like to see managers lose a job. We've said no, this on the championship show. There's too many upheaval in managers. There's too many people managing, hopping, and moving from club to club to club. Um, and there needs to be a little bit, little bit of stability and, and, and people given a chance. I, I, I don't know what's gone wrong from the end of last season to this season. You know what I mean? Yeah. There hasn't been reverted a massive... back to his initial, like. So you know, like when he came in, I voiced my. No, I wouldn't say I voiced my opposal to his appointment. I voiced my concerns about his appointment. And then he's reverted back to type in that he sets up not to lose, which Jose Mourinho sets up not to lose, but Jose Mourinho doesn't consistently concede one or two goals in the first half of a football match every game. One thing um, I'll give him credit for the weekend, Sai, is, he, right, is he, he he went two up front again at the weekend. He had Gratzel and, and Kiefer Moore up front. But then so, he didn't I mean, put any balls in the box. So yeah, no, well, I, I agree, but you've got to you can't just do it for one game, Sai. You know what I mean? If you if you're playing a style of consistent. football, you've got to you've got to have the players doing the same thing repetitively over and over again, week in week out. So if you're a winger, normally you've only had one one target man in the box. But now you've got two. Or this week you've got two. So next week you might only have one again, and you're putting balls in the box. You've got to have a style of play, and the style of play has got to be consistent and regular, and the same all the time. And for me, got to suit the players you got, mate. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would keep them up front, give them five, six, seven games, and see what happens. And and, and the more games they play, the more go- more goals are scored. Gratzel will get sharper. His his, mm. his fitness will get better. He'll get better in front of goal. Because at the minute, with him going coming in and out, he doesn't know if he's coming or going. His confidence will be very low. Um, he won't be match sharp. He won't be firing in all cylinders in front of goal. Um, his, his fitness levels won't be as good as what they need to be. So at the minute, and Kiefer Moore's getting all the, all the products because he's scoring scoring the, a goal here and there, that, and um, and obviously playing for his country. And but at the minute, Gratzel's working his socks off when he does get his opportunity, but he doesn't get the rewards. Yeah, uh, like for me, um, and I'm, I might get some stick for this. I think Murphy's got to play. He's got to play, not just for one game, and then when he doesn't do it, take him out. He's got to play five games on the bounce from the start, give him the ball and. Tell him his job is to get past the fullback and put the ball in the box. I'm not even that for me. Ojo on the other side. You have give, Harry give, Wilson and there. Give people a task. Give some pace. Give people a task for me. You know what I mean? You, for me, uh, uh, Murphy needs to play. He played last season. End of last season, I thought he was electric. I thought he was unplayable. I well, thought he changed t- us last season. I though, agree, didn't he? I agree. But give him a task. You know what I mean? For me, give him two tasks. Two tasks in a game of ninety minutes. Can you can you deliver ten crosses to the two centre forwards? Yeah. If you don't do that, you're coming off, or you're not going to play. You need to do that. Can you get two shots in a game? If that happens, 
You've got a player who's 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 potentially setting ten chances up and and is having two shots, so he could score one goal a game. He could have two assists. You know what I mean? But at the minute, it's it's a little bit all over the place. And how can how can how can Murphy set up or score goals when he's sat on his backside? Spot on. Kelly says there. He says uh, she said he did awesome against Reading and Middlesbrough at the end of last season. And I thought he changed. He was the catalyst almost for Cardiff having a good end to the season because he injected. Injected some pace in it, didn't he? At Middlesbrough, he was. Um, I wouldn't even say Unpl- he, was, he was awesome. He was just unbelievable. He was unbelievable. He had, he had everything in his game, and then he got his reward in the last minute of his goal when breaking away. Middlesbrough had left some big, big gaps, and he, and he, he beat. Right, he yeah. beat the back four for pace. Is 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 this from Reese now? And and I I agree to a certain extent, but in my opinion, what I'm going to read now, that's up to the manager to get past it. So Reese uh, says on the YouTube chat, uh, Murphy's problem is you can see what type of game he's going to have from his first attack. If he beats the defender, then you know he's going to have a great game. If he doesn't, his head drops, and then he doesn't show up for the rest of the game. Now, for me, that is clear two things. The player is desperate. He needs confidence. He needs to know that the manager and the team believe in him, which is why you play him for five games regardless and say, right, you're having a run of five games. But... If he, if you he see his head drop, you've got to build him up. Surely, as a manager, that's your job, isn't it? I I, I look at it in terms of uh, he's a, he's, a, he's a winger. What a winger's job is to uh, to beat a fullback, yeah. Mm. But a fullback's job is to stop a stop, a, a, wing, yeah. stop a wing getting past. So for me, if Jacob Murphy was going to get past um, the fullback every single time he gets a ball, he won't be playing for Cardiff City. So he's playing for Cardiff City because he doesn't beat the fullback every time. You know what I mean? And and listen, for me, I'll try and beat the fullback inside. Like, I can't beat him inside because he's left footed. I'll go on the outside of him, right? I'm get some joy outside. I'll go on the outside. I'll keep going the outside. I can't get on the outside of him now, right? I don't need to beat him now. I'll put some crosses in from deep. Mix your game up a little bit. Go inside. Yeah. Go outside. Send some crosses in from deep. Switch over wings. You know what I mean? There's there's, there's various things that you can do as a winger and a wide player um, between yourselves um, and and between between anybody else. If that's one man up front, then you've got the versatility to go behind or play right and play left. Listen, he's he's extra talented. He's an experienced player. He's played for Norwich City. He's played in the Premier League. These players aren't robots. They they shouldn't just stand there and just be and just be and just. It's not it's not a game of it's not a game of FIFA. You know what I mean? These players are individual. These players have got have got extra talent. These players are professional athletes and have got something X, X, X about them. They've got the X factor. And for me, the only, the only way for these footballers to excel is by giving an open book and saying, do you know what? Go and do what you can do. You've got 90 minutes to go and prove to me and every Cardiff fan that you want, you want to be at this football club. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Um, right, I'm going to wrap up now, but I will just say, I'm going to respond to Garen's comment there. He just says, um, in his opinion, uh, Pack slows Cardiff's game. Unfortunately, he's also the best passer in the team. So where do we go from there? One thing I'd say, I, I agree with it. He does slow the game. He goes backwards, sideways a lot. On Saturday, he had no option. If he's got no one to pass to in front of him, whether it's be behind, you know, a striker running in behind or the wingers moving or in the space, then he's got no choice. He's got to, he's got to go backwards or sideways. It's up to the people yeah. in front of him. To move and want it's, the ball, it's it's difficult for him because because he, he likes his he likes to pass the feet. So when he likes to pass the feet, he needs a Tomlin um, or he needs a Wilson to play yeah. in that in that number ten role. And because Wilson playing that played out wide at the weekend um, and Tomlin's injured, you haven't got that person in the hall who, who he will find every time he gets the ball. Yes, and because he hasn't got those options. 
you just said there, slowing the game down because he's looking forward, he keeps the ball. He looks out wide, keeps the ball. Looks somewhere else, keeps the ball. And he's keeping the ball because he's, he's waiting for that pass that he wants to play. And that pass just isn't there at the minute because we haven't got the personnel. That pass will be there. Um, but he is the best passer that I've got. His range of passing is phenomenal. And it's just about, it's just about um, finding that pass and doing that pass a little bit quicker. And yeah, and, and the, the players the attacks, in front of him have got to move, haven't they? The attacks will be will be even quicker. Because look, look, look at the thing, Si. Listen, I know we, we half on about playing um, two up front, which would be great. But if you had um, one attacker and Murphy, Tomlin and... Um, Harry Wilson. And Wilson, 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 Ojo. And Wilson, Wilson behind. Imagine those three behind one. You've basically got four yeah. attackers. You know what I mean? So I'm on about playing two. I'd rather have the four of them. Because then they can go yeah. all over the place, like the Red Arrows and... Then, then, then your passing will be crisper. It will be quicker. It will be. It'll be electric, and it'll be great to watch. But these players need to get fit. These players need to get sharp. These need. These players need to get on that football pitch and play. Yeah, and it, you've got to have those three. Have got to be moving and interact. You know, interjecting, changing positions, and and yeah. wanting the ball, wanting to move, wanting to switch from left to right and go to number ten and create problems for the other team. Um, okay. <clears throat> Uh, Andy, as ever, a pleasure, mate. Big thank you again to yeah, Darren. Um, huge thank you to Black Diamond Sports and Bespoke Financial. Please, guys, if you do one thing this week for us, go and check out Bespoke Financial. See if there's anything there which can help you out. Get that free will free will with 140 quid for uh, any new policy taken out um, and tell them that we sent you. Uh, tomorrow night, Kevin, Super Kevin scripted episode number two, 7.30 live. We will talk about any and everything. It was a lot of fun last time. Join us Wednesday, new Danny Batten fight show with the current flyweight champion of the world, Luke Shanks. And boy, oh boy, did he have some stuff to say about his opponent coming up in a couple of weeks. Friday, the Andy Cabell Championship show is back. Until then, we will bid you adieu. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Left a comment, left a question. Massively appreciated. So appreciated that we gave you an extra... 23 minutes today how generous we are have a good week everyone much love cheers guys my mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance it sounds like something to protect my brother and me but i don't really understand then my auntie louise told mummy about bespoke financial teaside she said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance mummy got in touch and because they're based locally a man called darren was able to come to our house he was really friendly Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want.
Social Podcast Network.